the fantasy football fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 281. And tonight we got a doozy for you. Recording here on Saturday, August 26th. Excited to give you the fantasy goose, slinging that knowledge. And I got Mr. The Heartbeat from down in L.A. joining me on a, uh, on a call to do this show. And on this one, we are going to be talking about overperformers, sleepers, busts, deep sleepers, and chloroformers. Chloroformers are guys that basically um, are going to be more of real super deep leagues, and it is uh, deeper than deep sleep. Um, so how you doing, Heartbeat? What's going on, brother? I mean, I'm doing great, but I'm going to start this show off with one chloroformer who will be in a deep, deep sleep in about six hours. That's Conor McGregor. <laughs> because we have that fight tonight, which I'm really looking forward to. Great day out in L.A. How are you doing, D-Rex? I'm good, man. I was going to crack a beer uh, for the show. or starting for me. It's 5 o'clock. I know for you, what is that, 3 o'clock. Um, but I figured if I started slamming beers now, I'd be a chloroformer myself by the time that fight started. So I think it was probably um, in everyone's best interest for me not to be drinking that this early. Um, so rocking and rolling, pretty psyched to uh, get the, talking about this um, show, about this show and this subject matter. And it's it's, it's super exciting that we got. Um, drafts happening at the wazoo. I know you got one tomorrow. I've, uh, I don't have my, I've got about three next weekend and I've got one on Wednesday. So, uh, your, what time's yours tomorrow? Um, tomorrow I'm out on the West coast. So mine's going to be around four o'clock for me. So, but what I'm going to point out is unfortunately there will still be uh preseason week three action going on. Yeah. So Got to kind of hesitate when you're drafting those guys. You got to keep your eyes on the news because, I mean, we saw a couple injuries last night. We got Julian Edelman out for the season with an ACL and Spencer Ware went down with a knee. We're still waiting on a word back from that to see what the severity of that is. But the Chiefs have already named Kareem Hunt their starter for week one. So we can assume it's pretty severe, but you got to keep your head in the news these days. Twitter's the best resource for that, but when you're drafting this weekend, especially today or tomorrow, early tomorrow, keep your head on Twitter, keep your head in the news. I mean, there are going to be injuries left and right. Yeah, that's a bummer for people that uh, – just that's a bummer for both those guys. But you were we had uh, Kareem Hunt on our list here even before that injury happened, so obviously uh, – you were you were down you were down, uh, you were digging this guy regardless. So let's get this party started. Basically, overperformers. Uh, we're going to go through a lot of ADP action here. There are real drafts um, happening now, so we're fueling um, ADP off of actual real drafts, and we're using Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros does a good job of funneling in um, the draft results of Yahoo, of CBS. Um, Fantasy Football Calculator, NFL, Fan Tracks, and what's DW? Uh, I actually don't know. I don't know either. But well, they, they basically have everyone. I mean, yeah, it's, they're it, great. It, it, it's a good one. So, uh, DW, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, let's start and get this party rolling. Uh, Carlos Hyde is one of yours guys that you um, are digging in on. He's uh, going as RB 17. Um, essentially 
he is going so that puts him overall in drafts um as the 37th pick now these guys we can have kind of higher up there because they're not necessarily um sleepers because this guy's you know a top three round pick but you're thinking that he's gonna uh overdo his his uh his adp spot but give us a reason why you like hyde this year yeah absolutely and um i'm one of the guys that really likes point per game metrics over total points and he always kills it in points per game the one thing you have with hyde is you can basically slate him in for 13 games as the most. So you know that you're going to be missing those three games, and those three games are usually going to be individual game injuries, which that sucks because you get basically a half out of him. But he is always top 10 in points per game, and that's something I really like. If you're getting him in the third round or the fourth round, that's a huge steal because he's going to produce RB RB1 numbers most weeks. And, I mean, if there's something I like, it's RB1s. Carlos Hyde is a potential pick if you go zero RB because I've seen him fall as late to the fifth or the sixth round. And I mean, what we were talking about two years ago, we're talking about Mike Shanahan is going to pepper his wide receiver one and his running back one always gets a huge boost. That hasn't changed. I expect Shanahan to boost Carlos Hyde's stock up a little bit. And I could see him going, I could see him finishing the year in the top 10 despite these missed games. What part do you think – I mean, do you think he's going over 1,000 yards? Do you think he's going to be a 10-touchdown guy? Because he's kind of never done either of those things uh, so far in his career. He's, his most touchdowns ever, six, and his most yards ever. He, 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 he was 12 yards away last year, uh, and that was in 13 games. Yeah, I mean, without, without his numbers in front of me, I would put him in for like probably – it depends on the number of games. So I'm going to say he's going to average 85 yards per game and he's going to get a touchdown every other. So that's 85 go. rushing yards and he probably adds 25 to 30 in the air as well. You think Shanahan's going to try and have um, uh, Joe Williams be kind of the Tevin Coleman role or do you think they just don't, it's just really going to be uh, high as much as they can, they can go with him? Uh, see, with Joe Williams, the, the issue with him is we, we hear the table. Shanahan was pounding. We hear the word uh, Shanahan just pounding the table for him. He got the guy back on the draft board. But then out of, out of their camp, all we're hearing is great things about Matt Breida. So I think his replacement will be Matt Breida because Matt Breida is a little better at catching the ball out of the backfield. But Hyde is their surefire. He's a workhorse back if he can stay healthy. It's just a matter of staying healthy. And, I mean – I've always been high on Hyde. I've always seen him go around the second round. And I just getting Mike Shanahan as the play caller, I don't see how that drops his value. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, I, oh, I agree with that. This is the best, uh, best offensive-minded uh, coaching staff he's had since he's been in the league. There's no question there. So, so, you, again, so you don't think Chip Kelly's that great of an offensive mind? No. I think he's the worst. Guy yeah. sucks. Um, I think he's good. I mean, I think he's got his, 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 you know, he's obviously that doesn't suck, but I don't think, I don't think he was able to bring his, his approach and have it work at the NFL level. And yeah, I think completely agree. He's one of those full control guys. Yeah. The Eagle Eagles fans. I bet you, I wish they still had shady McCoy. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the next guy. And, um, we're going to do a CJ Anderson. This is another heartbeat guy. Um, I kind of like this call a bit too. I've been noticing in the mock drafts and some of the expert leagues that I've been drafting in for real leagues so far that um, 
out of in that like five, six uh, round range. Uh, CJ Anderson really looks good to me compared to all the other players going, especially running backs. Yeah. And especially in that backfield, I mean, they brought in um, the guard Leary from the Cowboys. So that should be a slightly better offensive line. That was one of their big issues last year was their offensive line. But CJ Anderson has, like like Carlos Hyde, CJ Anderson has always produced on a per game basis. He just always gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And you wonder last year was the year that he just got a new four-year contract. So you think when, right when players get that contract, they kind of let their guard down that they might not train as hard in the off season. And during that season, they're less likely to actually play through injuries this year coming off um, Trevor Simeon's first year, the, the Broncos missed the playoffs for the first time in quite a while. So I think they're going to be extra motivated in Denver and CJ Anderson, he's always great. We know that Devontae Booker can't really handle the workload. Jamal Charles is not a real threat at his age and with his, his knee history. And who else do they have back there? I mean, it's going to be CJ Anderson's show as long as he's healthy. It's just a matter of staying healthy again. Yeah, and Booker's already hurt too. So we'll see what, they, what goes on. I agree. He gets it done um, every year, but you got to make sure he stays healthy. So, I mean, last year, you want to know an impressive stat. He finished in the standard leagues at 43rd running back overall. Um, mm-hmm. And he only played in seven games before his injury. So think about that. Uh, he, you know, he was he was off to a nice season. Uh, started off with a couple big games. So if this guy can pull pull it together and stay healthy, they love him. They need him. Um, let's see what goes on. I mean, literally week one last year, he had twenty over twenty five fantasy points. And then in the in out of the remaining six games that he had, he went over fifteen twice and over ten another one. So yeah, and I think his. His only bad game last year that he actually played in, you remember that. I don't remember what week it was, but I remember he had at least 12 fantasy points taken back for penalties. I remember he had a touchdown. He had a nice, two nice long runs and a catch out of the backfield that went for about 60 more yards. So, I mean, he always produces. It's just, again, staying healthy. And he, he has the body type to be able to stay healthy. I just He's got to put it all together. And with an upgraded offensive line, and I think they will turn to be a little more run heavy now that they, they basically went out and said Trevor Simeon is going to be their starter and they have a year of experience with him. So they know what they have with him. And it's going to be more of like tactically calling plays and heavily pounding the run, the run and then getting the ball out to the two wide receivers. But I think C.J. Anderson, I mean, whenever he plays, he, he produces. Yeah, I agree. Another guy, the next dude we'll talk about, Amir Abdullah. He's uh, running back 26th. Uh, this is another guy that he just can't seem to stay in the field, but he's hot. There's there's definitely a little bit of buzz. It's a guy that I know you and Houdini both are um, targeting as a guy that can overperform. Um, he looked great in the in the game last night against the mm-hmm. uh, the the Patriots. They were using him all over the place. He looked real patient, running and hitting those holes. They were dumping him some passes, and he was taking them for twenty five yards. So it looks like in boiled down in that short little uh, in the sequences we saw last night. If he can stay healthy, and that's the way they're going to use him. I mean, geez, Louise, this guy is going to for sure outperform his running back 26 slot uh, and probably even would be a top 10 running back. Yeah, absolutely. I really think that the only reason why Amir Abdullah 
is drafted low is because people are still salty from his rookie year when they had that one preseason run that shot him up into the fifth round, which they're having, the Lions are having another similar experience with that with Kenny Gulladay now. But that one run against the Jets shot him up into the fifth round, and now people are still pissed that they wasted a fifth-round pick on him. Yeah, that happens. People have buyer's remorse and hold grudges. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, a, couple, so- a couple more notes on Amir is the yeah. Lions have – Came out, they said he is their workhorse. They want to get him around 200 carries, where that might not be possible, but he should be in line for at least 175 if he plays the full season. And like you said, he's great out of the backfield. They don't need Theo Riddick when they have Amir Abdullah. He could catch up to 60 passes this year. That'd be awesome. Well, in the two games we played, he was averaging 5.6 yards per carry. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that he's not the biggest guy around. You know, he's a little bit slighter, but uh, he was able to chip away and get some uh, get some yards and um, on the ground and in between the tackles. So we'll see. It's a great offense with a great wide receiver crew. Uh, it's a high scoring offense, let's say, with mm-hmm. a good wide receiver crew that should keep him honest. And everyone's expecting that uh, Ebron's going to have his breakout year. I don't know if I'm on board with it, but if you add Ebron, like you talked about with Galladay, uh, he's kind of a darling uh, rookie right now. And then he's got still got Tate and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones had a nice game last night himself. Pretty sure Tate had a bunch of catches too. So you really got a a glimpse of what the Lions offense is going to look like uh, in last night's game against the Patriots. Uh, And it looked pretty good all around, if you want to be honest. Yeah, I mean, except for the score, they looked really good. Yep, I agree. But one thing I'll say is we saw uh, Marvin Jones. He scored a touchdown last night. That's the second week in a row that um, Malcolm Butler has been beat for a touchdown by a not-so-great wide receiver. So I tweeted this out today, but Malcolm Butler could be a very sneaky matchup to target because that, that Patriots defense, they really bulked it up. Stephon Gilmore, on the other side, I think he's a better cornerback in general. So Malcolm Butler could be a sneaky play to target in DFS. Cool. I like it. Do me a favor. Hit reload on that uh, base camp page because I moved a couple things around. Um, just uh, I moved Pierre Garçon into the sleeper zone. So just hit re- uh, re- refresh on that. Uh, so we're going off the same thing. Next guy, Kareem Hunt. Um, you mentioned uh, him a little bit uh, at the beginning of the show as a reflection of where going down. Uh, Tell me what you like about this kid's game. Uh, And obviously, as you said, he's, he's already been announced the week one starter for what I think is probably the best running attack uh, offense and and head coach in the NFL. Yeah, maybe not running attack, but using their running backs, both on the ground and in the air, there might not be anyone better in the history of the NFL than Andy Reid. So the Kansas city chiefs, They got Spencer Ware off of the Seahawks practice team. They didn't invest anything in Spencer Ware. They just kind of used him as a Jamal Charles fill-in. Last season, Jamal Charles was believed to be back on the team. He was believed to be healthy, but he just, he never could put it all together. So they had Spencer Ware filling in. In the first offseason that they had to address the position, they traded up to go get Kareem Hunt in the third round. So they traded up to get him. So if you look at the last couple running backs that Andy Reid has gone out and drafted, the guys that he's gotten, Brian Westbrook, Shady McCoy, Kareem Hunt. I mean, you can't really argue with that. 
Yeah. No, it's uh, it's good. You know, he he was a third round pick too, and you said uh, you said a number of times in talking that he was Pro Football Focus's number one running back in this year's draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, he didn't go there. There was a number of guys that went ahead of him, but Pro Football Focus, those guys kind of know what they're doing here and there, and they liked him the best. So great landing spot, great talent, and uh, you know. For, uh, Poor, poor wear. It's a bummer, but uh, the, the the sea has parted, and now week one, Hunt's got this job, and let's see. Uh, I think we can all agree that uh, he's probably not going to give this one up. Yeah, and prior to the injury, I had uh, Kareem Hunt as my RB21, whereas Spencer Ware was down around 27 or 28. So I had him above Spencer Ware to start because I thought we would see something similar to the David Johnson rookie year where it took until about week eight for him to really get into the offense and to get in the zone. Now he's starting as the feature back. So, I mean, he's not going to be at a great value, especially this weekend with people overreacting to the Spencer Ware news, but I still feel comfortable drafting him around the fifth round. It's awesome. All right, let's move on to another overperformer, a guy that's going to uh, where outbeat and outplay his uh, ADP, and that's my guy Andy Dalton. Now, am I telling you that I think Andy Dalton should be your QB one? No, but he is by far my favorite uh, QB two. Uh, I know a lot of people out there don't even really draft a backup quarterback, um, but if you're in a two quarterback league or a super flex league, he is the guy I love to target. I feel like the drop off is severe um, after you get. Uh, past Dalton. I really do. Um, I expect him to have, uh, I think his basically his floor this year. If he stays healthy with all, all that weaponry he's got is, you know, 300 points. Uh, I mm-hmm. think there's no reason to think that uh, last year he basically had um, he last year. He basically, excuse me, I'm looking over. Where are you, buddy? Oh, okay. Last year he had 300 points uh, in standard and, he didn't have A.J. Green for a lot of the weeks. Eifert was banged up. Bernard was down. They drafted, you know, Mixon and John Ross, and they've got uh, LaFell is, 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 is inked as their wide receiver, too, right now, and Tyler Boyd's got another season under his wing. He was a rookie last year. I mean, the guy's got some serious weapons. Uh, I just think that there's no reason that that guy can't score upwards of, you know, more like 350 points for you um, and, and get it get it done for you. He's definitely going to throw for 4,000 yards if he, if he stays healthy. Uh, and I'm just really, really um, digging the, uh, the the Andy Dalton as my backup quarterback. And I, I've been able to get him in my expert leagues, uh, you know, holding my breath and being like, you know what, I'm going to wait one more round until I go for this guy. And that's like, I think, in the 12, 13 rounds area. And that was even in a 14 team expert league I was able to get him super late um and I was just so excited when I did you like him I love Andy Dalton he was he was one of my guys too as well um on the Pirate Pulse podcast JJ Zacharyson came on he said he's that's the guy he's targeting Mike Clay came on said that's the guy he's targeting I mean (laughs) everybody out there like I have seen somebody saying that they wouldn't want uh Andy Dalton on their team this year. I mean, he's in line for some positive regression and touchdowns. And you talked about the health of his, of his supporting cast, but what do you think about his Andy Dalton's health this year? Because they did lose two all pro caliber linemen. Yeah, I know that, but I, I, I'm not too worried about it. The most re- the main reason why is because 
Um, they don't seem to be worried about it. They had drafted some some guys. So they did lose some serious studs, and um, I'm spacing their names right now. But um, he, but they they've been drafting uh, pretty well at that position as well. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. They don't seem to be since literally since the minute those guys uh, bailed for I think the Rams. One guy went to, and the other guy went to like Indy or something. Um, but uh, he, they just haven't seemed too scared. So they just gonna, are they're expecting their younger uh, guys that they use some draft capital on and in, in, in future in previous drafts to step up and, and, and make it happen. So I, I hear you. But again, other than that one time where he busted his finger in that uh, Steelers game two years ago, he's been a model of health. Uh, he just broke his finger on somebody's frigging helmet. You know, I just think that it, Dalton, I feel pretty confident it's a 16 gamer. Yeah, and in 2015, I believe it was 2015, he was a top five quarterback before he got injured. So he does have the upside. He's shown us he has that upside. And then let's just talk about, you you brought up A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. Those are, or at least last year, those were his two best targets. He only had both of them for two games. Jesus. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, add a John Ross and a Joe Mixon, and he's got he's got targets all over the place. He should be able to sling it. Yeah, I'm uh I'm a I'm digging a, a Ross too. I had uh I had a hair uh, Christopher Harris on of Harris Football, and I asked him who one of his favorite uh, late round targets was, and and he was really like, you know, I really like this Ross guy, and I agree. Um, I I've been saying like just watching him and his route running, I've been very impressed by what he's uh the upside of what he should be able to do. I don't just don't feel like he's just going to be some guy that's going to be uh, running, taking the top off every time. I, I really like his, uh, his route running. So we'll see uh, good old Dalton. Um, I think he's got, he's got it all, man. He's got all the different, uh, he's got all the different weapons and, and it seems like everybody's healthy. So uh, let's see what happens, but man, the capital you got to use on him is, is definitely worth it. I think he's going to be an overperformer. Uh, I'm putting, he's basically on every one of my teams this year and will continue to be. So uh, next guy, let's get, let you talk about Eifert a little bit. Um, he, he's the tight end six here on the list. Um, and you, so you're, uh, you're he, he's going pretty high. Um, it's the 65th overall um, across all the positions and drafts. Uh, tell us what you, why you're so high on him. Yeah, I mean, 2015, he was a third-year breakout. That was the year that he scored, I believe it was 14 touchdowns. And it was at a crazy rate. It was at a 25% touchdown rate. And then the next season... Well, that, that season, he, he injured his ankle in the Pro Bowl, and then they thought it would heal. It didn't heal, so he, had to miss, he missed the first half of the season, basically. But then when he came back, his touchdown rate only regressed down to 17%, and that's one of the highest marks in the league still. So he is a touchdown specialist. They look for him time and time again in the red zone, and they have no reason not to. And then how you talk about John Ross, how he's a great route runner, he ran a 4 fucking 2 2 like, he is fast as fuck. He is going to take at least one safety over the top and a corner. So the middle of the field is going to be wide open for A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert to work. Yeah. At that. Eifert's at playing right six. now, right? What's that? Eifert's playing right now because I know he had back surgery. He got he missed those first six games, but then he at the end of the season, he went down with a back injury, and he had mm-hmm. surgery this offseason. Uh, he's back, and he's practicing, and he's playing, and he's on the field I haven't heard anything saying that he's not. 
I, I can't confirm that he is. I believe I saw him in the that preseason week two, but those those games, I think they only had Dalton in for two drives, so you can't really tell much from that. Those I think they played like 18 snaps, something like that. But I haven't heard anything about him potentially missing regular season time. So as for what we know, he's a full go. That's awesome. What do you like? Do you like Ty- Tyler Eifert's uh, latest tweet? From nine hours ago, easy pick tonight. McGregor, got to stick with the Irish. You like that oh, one? Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm dropping him down to uh, tight end seven now. <laughs> I thought you would. I thought you would. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, let's go on to the next guy, and that's Martavis Bryant. I think, you know, everybody on Pyro is, is way, way in on him. I know he was a guy, I think you, me, and Houdini all listed as a uh, – as a as a person that we should be talking about in this show, I pr- we probably talk about him a little bit too much this year, but I still think he can come at a bit of a value. He's going as wide receiver twenty five. I mean, mm-hmm. I just can't I just can't wrap my head around how this guy is not going to have a monster season overall, but in intermittently amongst that, he's going to have some just explosion dominating games uh, where you look and he, he's going fifty fifth overall. Uh, so, you know, middle of the fifth round, if you're in a 10 team league and he's the 25th wide receiver, I look at the guys ahead of him, Calvin Benjamin, Watkins, Landry, Crabtree, Tyree Kill, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey, Demarius Thomas. I like all I like Martavis Bryant better than all those guys. Um, I, I literally do. So it's one of those things where um, is it a risk that he doesn't uh, that he gets suspended again and he just really has issues with weed and whatnot? Of course, but I think you saw it in the game, uh, his game the other night. He made some nice over the shoulder catches, came back to the ball, and, and that was that wasn't what Ben Roethlisberger. So. I know Houdini's a little worried Ben's going to kind of stale him out a little bit and kind of, but I just don't see that happening. I think he's going to just have some enormous games. There will be some real uh, five for fifties. I, I do believe just that's going to happen when you've got Le'Veon Bell and, and Antonio Brown on your team. It's just, it can't be a, it can't be a, a, a party every friggin' week, but there's not many players you can say that about. So Cal, uh, I mean, sorry, not Calvin Benjamin, Mark Davis Bryant. Boom. Take it to the bank. I love this friggin' guy. And do not confuse Martavis Bryant and Kelvin Benjamin. I know. Do not. <laughs> like, so I'll say this. Martavis Bryant, in his first 21 games, he has, I believe this is of only flex players, so no quarterbacks. He has the 17th most fantasy points in NFL history in his I first be- 21 games. So I he's be- producing be- at a crazy level. Yeah, he's never played more than 10, 11 games in his life. Um, he played 11 games in that 2015 and had had uh, 170 fantasy football points. Think about that. If it, if he had gone 16 games and uh, and he was a lot younger and, and and not even as much of a stud, that would have been, you know I think he I think that would have been 240 points. So for me, I, I just think I, we call him the alien. I've said it more when he gets the ball in his hands, he's the most fluid. Uh, player probably in the league he looks like he's on rails he looks like he's surfing a wave um just expect and, and he's got the best route running wide receiver and uh, someone that puts the fear of god in every defense uh, in antonio brown and then also your backfield's the best catching uh running back and is awesome in his own right at running i mean i just think he's literally the third uh the third guy you got to worry about in an offense and 
you put that guy on so many teams in the league, almost, uh, you know, 75% of teams in the league, he's the wide receiver one. Uh, it, it all spells out to a good thing. I, I'm just expecting huge things out of Martavis Bryant. And that yeah, wide receiver Martavian. 25. Yeah, I like it. Martavian Bryant, let's do it. He is the alien, dude. Guy looks yeah, like he one. He has plays like one. one upside. Totally. Overall, the number one wide receiver, he has that type of upside because he could put together a 20-touchdown season. I mean, that's not out of the question if he plays all those games. And the one thing I will say is I think he's going to get off to a fast start as well because we have this Le'Veon Bell pseudo holdout situation where he said he's not going to be back until September 1st is when he's going to join the team. They're going to Le'Veon Bell has gotten injured each of the last four years. They're going to want to work in Le'Veon Bell slowly into that offense. So they're going to be peppering, absolutely peppering Antonio Brown and Martavis with targets. I mean, it's going to be crazy. That is, he is the only downside that I see with him. Sorry, I kind of cut off that thought is if he even sniffs marijuana, he's out of the NFL. That's the only downside. And that's already baked into the ADP. Yeah, I think I think he knows that. He's living with his friggin' agent. He lives at his agent's house. I, I don't think there's any marijuana going on in his life. This guy knows that he's got to put together a huge season, and whether it's with the Steelers or not, uh, he can get himself a, a $60 million contract. He's always going to be capped because he's one fuck up away from being out of the league, and that's just the way teams are going to treat him. Uh it's his own, his own doing, but if he can just keep this show that that's behind him, it's going to be ridiculous, ridiculous. So um, cool. I'm glad we're all in there. So that's basically our overperformers. Um, nice little batch of guys that you can target and, and feel like, and there's many others. Let's, let's be honest. There's a, in the overperformers, we didn't want to go and start listing too many. Um, we kind of do that with sleepers and busts. So mm-hmm. let's get in, <laughs> let's get into another thing. Uh, But before we do so, do me a favor and listen to this word from our sponsor. Thank you very much. Um, All right, let's get on to sleepers. Uh, This is, guys, obviously, how do you define a sleeper? I define a sleeper as anyone who is drafted outside of the first eight rounds based on their ADP. And who are the most likely players to be a top or a top three round draft pick next year? So these are the guys, these are the ideal guys that you want to get in keeper and dynasty leagues. And these are the guys that are going to significantly outperform. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with the first guy, Marcus Mariota. Uh, this is a Houdini and a guy that you love too. Uh, so QB 11 right now is where he's at. Uh, and he that is uh, so QB 11, but that overall it was, uh, relates to 76th pick. Um, so you're able to get him in the seventh round, middle of the seventh round in a 10 man league. Tell us why you're so high and bullish on uh, Mariota right now, Super Mario. Well, I, I just want to bring these two together it, with a, about a sixth round and a 12th round pick. You can get Mariota and Andy Dalton, and you're set at quarterback, and you have all of those assets to use where you don't have to go out and grab a Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady early. Like, you can go out, you can save those. And I have Mariota as my quarterback three right now. I am really, really high on him, and I just, like, I don't see how he could be worse than, le- worse than last year. 
And last year from week seven to 12, he was the quarterback one overall. They come in, they use their fifth overall draft pick on Corey Davis, who just basically broke every single wide receiver record in college that you could possibly imagine. They go out and they get Eric Decker from the Jets too. And Decker, even though he's a little older, he is one of the most productive red zone threats in the league. Marcus Mariota has never thrown an interception in the red zone. He is one of those super efficient guys. And although he won't have that like high volume, like he's not one of the guys where we're saying Marcus Mariota is going to be great. Go out and get his targets because he's a super efficient guy. So they're not going to have the volume of passes, but he's going to be efficient with those passes. He should see over 300 yards each game. And he also has a threat to add a hundred yards and a touchdown on the ground every single game. I mean, as long as he's good from that broken leg, I don't see any reason why Marcus Mariota shouldn't be a top five quarterback this year. Yeah, uh, he was he was he was basically right there last year. So um, I think, yeah, I think he finished his what? Where did he finish last year? Uh, let me go. I can find this out. Um, he missed, yeah. I believe, the last two games with that broken leg. So that's going to bring him down a little bit. But while he was healthy, he I remember him being quarterback four. He was number nine in those, and he was number nine ahead of uh, Dalton, Wilson, uh, Derek Carr, Tom, you know, Tom Brady missed those four games, but ahead of Winston, who played all 16 games. So he finished in the standard leagues at uh, quarterback nine and missed that time. So, and the one thing you got to love about Marcus Mariota in, in, the, in those games, uh, basically he had eight top 12 finishes. Uh, in the in the in, basically, you can check that stuff out on pyromaniac.com. Go to uh, do a search on top positional weeks, uh, and you'll find that for the top positional weeks for week six uh, for the six 2016 season, um, Mariota is one of the top guys for um, for a number of QB one games uh, during the season. He is good at that. He had eight of them. So I love that piece. Whenever I'm looking at quarterbacks, I feel like it's very important to make sure that you're getting a guy that has a top, it's going to be a top 12 guy. You look at Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan last year, they were a QB one. So top uh, 12 at the position 12 times each out of their 16 games. So 75% of their games there, you're basically guaranteed that he's going to be one of the top guys. Uh, I love that. So, um, yeah, Mariota, good times. My only fear with him, I hope he's got to start risking it a little more. He needs to. Um, he needs to start. He, he's. I like that he's. He control. He's a controlled player. But I think with Corey and with uh, you know, kind of some of the new tools there, he's gonna have to let it uh, fuck it and just chuck it a little bit more and rely on his receivers to make the play. And the other thing that you love about him, but is is kind of a hindrance on him. You love the offensive line. He's got one of the best uh, lines there is for both running and for pass protection. Uh, but because that offensive line is so awesome and they've got uh, Murray and you've got Henry, that exotic smash mouth style, it does cap him a little bit. You know, imagine this guy if he was winging it um, like, uh, you know, Winston on Tampa Bay. But the fact that they were on a controlled offense and a real balanced offense, I think it helps Mariota, but it also in his – uh, looks and touches and whatnot, uh, you know, he hands the ball off plenty. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think you can go wrong with Mariota this year, especially if you're not spending higher than a six-round pick. I just, I think he's a fire-at-will type of draft player. 
Cool. I agree, buddy. I'm excited to watch him play. I'm excited about that team. And and the fact that they did bring on Corey Davis and they brought in, uh, it just tells you they're going to be, uh, they're, they're going to, they're going to be passing. They, they knew they needed some more better weapons. I mean, his best receiver last year was Richard Matthews. I just, uh, uh, and he still finished ninth. Now you, you add uh Decker and, um, and, uh, Tawan Taylor and obviously Corey Davis. It's 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 a whole different ballgame. Let's go to the next sleeper, and that's going to be James White. This is one of your guys. He's a running back forty seven right now. Uh, got a little bit of a glimpse. He almost busted one last night. Got uh, shoelace tackled. But what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think James is going to do this year with kind of a, a an oversaturated amount of running backs there? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Patriots' backfield, it's really hard to pull the trigger on anyone because especially if Rex Burkhead is getting some of the, some of that target or the market share in their backfield. What do you really see? Like, do you see them? I think you can really cap them out at like a 33% uh, uh, snap share. So it, you can't really expect all too much, but James White, he's a PPR guy. He has the record for most catches in a Super Bowl game. He did that with 14 last year. And we remember he's a gamer. He, he was in on the, the two yard line. He scrambled around. He scored that touchdown. They like using him on the goal line because that gives them the option to pass or throw rather than a guy like Gillisley, who I'm sure we'll touch on later. But Gillisley is he, like Garrett Blum last year. He's really not a threat in the air. But James White, I mean, he's coming into his third or fourth year. He's still really young. He's still improving. He's got that trust from Tom Brady. And when you got that Brady trust, I mean, you can throw him in the trust fund. He's going to, for sure, especially in PPR, he's for sure going to outperform that RB47 draft position. And I mean, he's gonna, you're going to be subject to high weekly volatility. But if you guess those games correctly, he's going to be an absolute stud. But like, like we're saying, he's not an every game starter. He's not somebody that you can just set it and forget it. Yeah, I think he he was a great basketball player, but I agree with you. I think I think that's the whole deal with that backfield. I was super high on Mike Gillisley and still am in those in those select moments and the select games. But I agree, Burkhead's going to be get, there's going to be Burkhead games, there's going to be White games, there's going to be Gillisley games, and I just I'm, I'm it's just a little worrisome that uh, in Belichick wants it this way. You don't know which one you're going to get which one. So let's go on to uh, Stefan Diggs. He's a wide receiver, thirty one. Wow, that seems like a nice little number for that guy. Good God, that seems hard to believe. Um, you know, the thing I love about him, and I know this is one of more of your guys, but uh, this is a guy that gets, you know, not when he's playing and healthy, uh, which is, you know, something that, that, that you worry about with him, but this is football, volatile mm-hmm. sport. You worry about it with uh, a lot of these guys out here. Um, but he, he's a target machine. He basically averaged about tar- nine targets a game. And just a, he's a target maven when he's in there playing. Um, so, it's hard. Again, you do the test. You do what I do a lot with when I'm trying to figure out my tiers and and slotting guys in. You look at the players around him, above and below, and I, I just really like guy him more than guys that are getting drafted ahead of him. Guys like Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Marshall, um, you know, even a Golden Tate. I like a Stephon Diggs more than those guys. I'm I'm, I'm willing to uh, put put my uh, injury uh, worries for him aside. And I just think that Bradford loves him, gets nine targets a game, and I feel like he's going to do more with them this year than he has in the past. So hopefully he's uh, below the waist injuries are a thing behind him. 
Yeah, I'm not ready to pull the trigger on Diggs before Golden Tate just quite yet, but I agree with everyone else that you brought up. And one thing that's interesting about Diggs is they're moving him to the outside this year. He is actually an outside receiver. He, coming out of high school, he was the number three overall wide receiver in that, uh, I believe it was like 2011 class. Yeah. And But he he decided to stay home. He decided to stay in Maryland and go to the University of Maryland. And that's why he was a fifth or sixth round pick a couple of years ago. That's why no one knew about him because he went to a team that really doesn't pass the ball. It really doesn't play in any, any high value games. Like you don't see Maryland on TV, Maryland football on TV ever. So that's why he was so low and being on the outside. I really like that this year because Sam Bradford has really impressed me with his intermediate passes. He's been dropping dimes out there and they're not looking like last year where he has that like five yard a dot. So, I mean, you take that, you take the massive amount of targets that he's going to get and add like two or three yards to his, his yard per catch. I mean, he should, he should be a lock if he's healthy. Like you said, I know he's had, He's been very impacted because he's a smaller guy. So he's very impacted when playing through injuries. But if he plays 13 or 14 games, you got to think he's a lock for at least 1,000 yards. I agree. And, you know, another, and the reason why he is playing out on the outside is they've been moving Thielen, who's another guy that probably should be on this list. I know I'm really high on him. I think he comes at a value. He's the 47th uh, wide receiver. You're, you can get him in, um, you know, in a 10-man league and get him in the 13th round-ish. Uh, I'm a big fan of Adam Thielen and his size and his speed. He's kind of a, a, a Jordy uh, Nelson kind of guy. And they've been playing him a lot in the slot this uh, preseason and, the, and this year. And uh, they think the, that his size gives you a, a, a nice, uh, a little bit of a change of pace. And he can kind of take that that punishment uh, in the middle of the field and the, on the on the uh, shorter routes, then I think obviously we've seen uh, digs. They, I think they just want to keep them on the sidelines a little bit more, so keep them healthy and uh, getting more snap counts. So uh, Thielen, I think, is another dude that I, I would put into the um, into the deep sleeper zone um, as well. But digs teams that I see that have digs is like their wide receiver three on it look really really good. I'm just like, holy crap! I'm scared of that 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 team. Uh, and I've seen some great teams. I know Stag Party is super high on Diggs, so um, I always trust what he's doing uh, to 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 some degree. So Stefan Diggs, put I'm putting I'm putting him. He's definitely a, a gold star next to him. He's a guy I'm coveting and targeting. Yeah, and especially if you go heavy running back early, he's a great wide receiver too because you know he's going to get those targets. I agree. Uh, let's go to Pierre Garcon, a guy I love, wide receiver 37. I, I, he was super hot, uh, you know, a couple months ago, right when uh, everything was going down, but he's kind of cooled off a bit, which is good for me because I love a Pierre Garcon. I'm just a little worried about how many points the team's going to be able to score, but Brian Hoyer is able to pull that off. We talk about this guy a lot, um, and we discussed him in our Pyro Podcast wide receivers episode that we recorded last Wednesday. Uh, check out that show. 
uh, Pyro Podcast. Um, that was show 280. Uh, this So that was our last show. So we talk about Garcon a lot. You got Shanahan and what he was able to do um, when he was with Shanahan last is is, is pretty impressive. Um, so that was by far his best season when he was uh, in when Shanahan was in Washington uh, with him. I think that year, what did he have? He had some. He had something crazy. He had like 181 he, targets. Yeah, 181 targets. Led the league in cat receptions. Had something like 1,300 yards or something. It was it was impressive. So I, I you got you got to be digging that. Um, you know, and when you look at last year, even when he was on um, Washington, even in kind of a down year, he still had uh, some solid top 24 finishes. So um, you could count on him to be a wide receiver, too, um, in about uh, four games standard and uh, five games in PPR. So this is a guy that um, plays a little bit of slot. You can move him all over the place. He's getting up there in age, but... Uh, he's a savvy player, never had the most uh, incredible um, athletic ability across the board, but has always got it done and, and one of the best uh, pure hands catchers there is out there. Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing I will say is it does feel a little bit dirty having two San Francisco 49ers on our list already. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, but I don't, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not telling you to have two San Francisco 49ers on your team. <laughs> we, yeah, we cover and- a lot, we cover a lot of guys here but for me when i go and i look at that adp and i'm looking let's do the the kind of that test uh with garcon uh, decker's going ahead of him dante moncrief's going ahead of him deshaun jackson's going ahead of him in adp randall cobb's going ahead of him i, I mean i like garcon more than all those guys willie sneed i gotta be honest i love a sneed but i like garcon more the only guy that's a little bit ahead of him at 32 we're going to talk about here in a minute is jameson crowder and i think that guy especially in ppr is the only one that i really feel comp- more confident in than a uh, pierre garcon so again he he um, two months ago, Pierre Garcon was like wide receiver 25. So he's come back down to earth, which is, which is why he's still sleeper worthy. He was, he was bus candidate or, you know, overranked uh, and overrated uh, a couple months ago. So we'll see. Yeah. And let's just hope they keep talking up Marquise Goodwin. Cause we know what he is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's a good best baller, but we'll see. Yeah, they are talking him up. It's Stags is all in on that guy. Corey Davis, let's keep it simple. We've talked about him a number of things. This guy, I think he had four years at Western Michigan. He had over a 1,000, like over 1,300 yards every year. Started as a true freshman um, and just a beast. Uh, fifth overall pick in this year's draft. Uh, just there's not many guys. I think there's about 11 dudes over the last – uh, 10, 12 years that have been picked that high, um, you know, that are like top seven wide receiver picks. Um, so it just shows you how much uh, they have faith they have in them. And the thing I love about him the most is that he's got a big body. He's got the speed. He's strong as hell, catches with his hands, and is ready to move up after the catch. So his yak is Terrell Owens-esque. And uh, I just think that if you love Mariota so much and think he's a, a pure enough passer to get the ball out to the guys that are the big playmakers, uh, Corey Davis is your guy. Here's what you worry about, and I'll hand it over to you. He hasn't played in the preseason. He's a rookie, so he's going to get off to a little bit of a slow start. Hopefully, you know, the team is just has the confidence and it doesn't want to push him and get him any deeper, um, you know, injuries or whatnot. But he's got some soft tissue, I think, uh, quad or, or, or hamstring issues going on right now. So that's never a great thing to not be on the field and 
and getting that rapport with your teammates and learning the book and all that good stuff and getting to run uh, when you're a rookie. But um, I think that's one of the reasons why you see, again, Corey Davis was a guy who had a much higher ADP a month or so ago. He was right when he came back and they signed him, he was super hot. Now you can get him at wide receiver 42 with high upside. Yeah, and the reason why his ADP went down so significantly is because of the questions around there, because they did get Eric Decker after the draft. So that's why you saw his ADP shoot down. And here's the solution for you. If you want to, if you, Corey Davis is one of your guys, you want to go out and get Corey Davis, do it. Don't, don't worry. But grab Richard Matthews for those first three or four games while Corey Davis is getting healthy and getting right, because Corey Davis is going to be the man in that wide receiver core. But Richard Matthews, he has that rapport already with Marcus Mariota. He's going to make it a much smoother transition for your fantasy team. Yeah, and remember that Richard Matthews and Eric Decker are both playing the same position. They're going to be uh, fighting for snaps and targets for each other. As long as Corey Davis is healthy, he's going to be the X, and he, he's got really nobody uh, eating him. So one of the reasons why I love him so much is I feel like he's going to be a huge snap count guy. He's going to be on the field a ton. Uh, let's go on to the next guy, Samaje Prine. He's a guy that I'm you know still high on. I know he hasn't had the greatest preseason. We don't need to go too far into him, but I just, I'm not a fat Rob guy. I'm just not. The, the reason that you talked about um, with uh, uh, Spencer Ware, just how they got him off the practice squad of uh, the Seahawks. I feel like the same thing with Fat Rob. He's undrafted. He's just kind of had more uh, game and had more heart than Matt Jones showed at any time. Matt Jones was fumbling last year, but he wasn't terrible those first five weeks. Matt Jones actually showed he can be a running back in this league. Uh, I'm not, I hope that he didn't lose his uh, chance to be a pro football player because he's actually got a body and he's pretty good. But I feel like Samaji Prine, they went pretty high on him uh, to get him out of uh, Oklahoma. And I'm just, uh, I'm just pretty sure that uh, I'm just not sold. Let's say that, that uh, you've got, um, that fat Rob is they really have any loyalty to him at some point uh, they're going to, they're going to give this guy the deal. Yeah. When about when do you think that is though? Cause I think that's the real question when you look at drafting him because P Ryan, you look at he has two, he's two different things for me. One, he is the all time leader in rushing yards in a college football game. Two, he almost lost his job to Joe Mixon. So you could, there are really two different paths. I'd, people are really jumping on one and running with it. So you seem like you're on the more fat Rob's out of there, which that would work out well because Samaj Piran would be the ball carrier. And then Matt Jones would be coming in for that third down work. But when do you think Samaj Piran would be getting that full, like the 15 to 20 rushes per game? I, I I don't really know when the P tapes are going to be turned over, but the truth is, I just think uh, I, I just think it's going to be his. And again, to do the same test uh, where you look at guys that are going around the same spot as him uh, in drafts, I just feel like he's got the upside much better. I mean, Rob Kelly himself is getting drafted as wide receiver thirty four. Uh, P Ryan is is at the forty two. Um, I, I just, I just, uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think it's going to be a little bit. I think, you, you know, you, if you draft him, he, he's basically, I think the first uh, four-ish games, they're going to, they're going to kind of let him learn the game a little more. And, and I think it is going to be a, a Rob Kelly um, action happening, but 
Um, if this team can be good, and it's a passing team, let's be honest. This is a passing team, and I think that's another reason why P. Uh, P Ryan could maybe be good. He's he's not the quickest guy, but I think he could be a a, a bit of a better uh, pass catcher than Kelly. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I think for me, it's just I'm willing to stow him for away for a little bit, and at some point, if this team um, feels it's ready to make the change. Uh, for what you're paying to get him and what his ceiling is after he finally gets the uh, gets the the go, um, I like it. If it never happens, I don't feel like you've really um, you haven't given up that much to you know he could to have him not be a great player. If Rob Kelly is is friggin' awesome this year, then oh so be it. But he's you know for me, I like to take guys a little bit of a risk in the eighth to eleventh round. Some guy that, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit feast or famine, but th- that's where I win leagues between those picks. And I feel like uh, Samaje could be one of those guys where you're, you know, I'm in a lot of 10 team leagues where end of the 10th round ish, and uh, he, he's going even lower than that, uh, probably when it comes, push comes to shove. Uh, I like that. And then another thing, and I'll let you go here, is um, I'm in a lot of rookie leagues. So I'm in two, two of my main leagues are you must start a rookie. So this is a guy I'm targeting as a player that I definitely want to have on my team um, because I just think he will fall while a lot of other rookie running backs are going. And if he does get that uh, job, you're, it's going to come as a super high value. Think about a guy like Jordan Howard last year. Think about a guy like um, Jay Ajay. I guess he was a rookie two years ago. But um, Jordan Howard last year was going like, <coughs> excuse me, even in rookie leagues, super, super late, going undrafted in some, just because people thought that Langford had that gig and people thought the Bears were going to suck. Look what he did. I feel like uh, Perrine could, Perrine could be that guy this year. Yeah, so one alternative I'm going to throw out there is you can let somebody else draft him because of what Derek said. If he's not getting any rushes through the first four weeks, he will be dropped. You will either be able to pick him up off waivers or you'll be able to trade for him super cheap a couple weeks, like a couple weeks right before he's going to take over that duty. So you don't even necessarily have to spend draft capital on him to get him on your team. So that's one of the just great said, things about him. Just so you know, you just said throw up and duty. In the same, in a cut, in, in a within a couple senses of each other with uh, Sermaje P. Ryan and I said P. Tapes. So we're getting uh, bathroom, we're getting bathroomy here with this guy. So let's move on to Corey Coleman, and that is going to be wide receiver forty three heartbeat. You know I love this guy last year um, in select. Uh, tell me what you like. Actually, I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to let you run with it. I love the fact that it looks like Kaiser is going to get the job for Corey Coleman. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about shit before, and now we're talking about the Browns. So, I mean, we're not really moving forward all that much. But, yeah, Corey Coleman, I mean, you talk about who his quarterbacks have been. Robert Griffin III, I kind of liked that because they may have had that Baylor connection. But he has been – he's been good whenever he plays. He's just another one of those guys that you have to worry about what is his availability going to be. And – I mean, yeah, Kaiser is going to be a guy that comes out there and sling it. So what we thought about RG3 potentially being like having one of those deep threats, that still applies to Coleman. And I mean, he is fast as shit. Like, I just, I don't really see anything, any issues with Coleman. The problems are going to be if, can the Browns actually score points this year? Yep. 
Do you uh, who do you like more on that team? A lot of people are high on Kenny Britt. Do you like Britt or Coleman more to score more points on the season? Uh, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I mean, I think they're both going to be going right around the same area. Kenny Britt going a little bit higher because he had that thousand yard season last year with the god awful Rams. Um, Kenny Britt has shown in the past that he can do it. A thousand yards with Jared Goff is nothing short of amazing. He had a really, really high contested catch rate. But if you want a league winner, Corey Coleman is going to be more of that league winner of that that low value pick that you can get, and he could come in. And he, I don't think it's out of the question that Corey Coleman is a wide receiver too this year. So, well, I I, I love him. I, I I feel like the whole team might be one year away. Um, and I include, I like uh, Crowell and I like the Brit action. I feel like um, another, but I feel like the team as a whole, I, I'm glad they, they're going to go with Kaiser. It looks like, but they might be one year away from more fantasy magic. And what do you think? I, like I said, I think Josh Gordon is getting reinstated. Do you think he stays in the Browns or do you think the minute he gets reinstated, they sell high and trade him and try and get something else, you know, Jesus, maybe even the Patriots or somebody would. You know, I, I saw a funny tweet actually uh, la- yesterday. Now it was this morning that said, "Don't you think if Anquan Bolden hadn't signed with the Bills and since retired, don't you think if he had just held out, he'd be on the Patriots right now?" I don't know. I mean, I, the Patriots. I, I'm a I'm a Patriots fan from Boston. So I mean, the Patriots haven't really shown that they have an affinity to go out and get those older wide receivers. So I'm not 100 percent sure he would have landed there. Even with Julian Edelman out, they still have eight targets that they could eight guys that they could feature in different games. You talk about you've seen big games for Hogan last night, Amendola. The list goes on and on. We don't need to go into that. Yeah, but I, agree. I, I don't had a nice think, catch yeah. last night. That was a he made some. I agree. Uh, just kind of put it out there. I saw that tweet and I was like, you know what? That's interesting. I wonder if he's like hitting himself in the ass because you know, yeah. good way to win a championship is uh, playing on the playing on that team. You got any? But are you worried at all for uh, it, what do you think will happen to Gordon if, uh, if if he gets reinstated? Do you think he eats into Corey? Do you think he eats into Britt? Do you think he's going to get moved? I'm going to just play it safe. I'm going to say I just don't think he gets reinstated. I mean, the fact that Goodell came out and said they're not even considering reinstating him right now, it basically tells me that they're not considering reinstating him for September. So it would likely be that next turnaround, which they've shown that they're waiting like three or four months in between. So I know Josh Gordon is currently in rehab, so he is doing everything he possibly can to get back on the field. But I think he may have missed his last his last window when he was reinstated last year, and then the very next day checked into rehab. Jesus Christ, that was ridiculous. Um, I actually traded Terrell Pryor because Josh Gordon was supposed to come back. That was one of the worst oh decisions God. I've ever made. <laughs> You'll get over it. Don't don't. You're a good person. Um, okay, let's go. Let's go on to the next guy, and that's Terrell Williams, Tyrell Williams, wide receiver, forty-four, heartbeat. You like him? Tell us why. I mean, to be completely blunt, it's because Waz fucking loves the guy, and Waz is just 
of the people at Pyromaniac, I, I think Waz is one of the better wide receiver evaluators of talent. Tyrell Williams is still young. I believe last year was his second or third year in the league. He's a young guy. We don't really have to worry about Mike Williams over there anymore, that wasted seventh overall draft pick. It's looking like Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams will be their feature wide receivers. And we don't know if that's the big question mark is will Keenan Allen stay healthy? He's shown that he has some injury issues, even though like a lacerated kidney, we can't call that injury prone. That's a freak accident. And so we have to see how is Keenan Allen looking because Tyrell Williams does have the chance to be their wide receiver one again. So I think he definitely provides value at that wide receiver 44 position. I think he might have a capped upside depending on how they use Keenan Allen and uh, Hunter Henry out of the backfield because Hunter Henry is the one that could really eat into both Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams. But I mean, athletically, he's a freak. It's just a fact. It's just how many targets does he actually see? Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty awesome last year. I mean, he finished top fifteen. Then uh, the beautiful thing with him is out of uh, out of his sixteen games, he was a uh, he finished as a uh, wide receiver two and half of them uh, in standard league. So this is a guy that you were able to pick up. He was a practice squatter a year ago, and by uh, by the end of the season, he was a top fifteen wide receiver. So I like him too. I did not know why they went out and drafted Williams they didn't need him I like Inman as well um this guy Terrell completely plays uh, he plays every position they move him around he even goes in the slot he's a big boy six four uh like you said he's young he's he's just he's he's good so uh, I'm uh, and he's an awesome 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 red zone target uh this guy saved a lot of people's teams including mine I know stag party in about week six called him out on a pyro podcast as a guy go grab this guy right now and he was in my starting lineup over um Allen Robinson for the second half of the season and if I had if I had been bullheaded and just said, oh, it's Allen Robinson, I went high on him. Uh, if I had done that, I definitely wouldn't have made the playoffs. So Terrell Williams is a huge part of my success last year, and that's a pickup. Uh, so something to, something to consider there. You got anything uh, else you want to say on him? The only thing I'll say is if it moves the needle at all, he has a great name for making your, making your team name puns around. So that just, if that moves the needle at all, Go grab Tyrell Williams. Cool. Um, isn't isn't the uh, that Blade Runner movie's coming out this year? Isn't the name of that corporation Tyrell, uh, the the company that makes the, uh, the the what are they called the Repu? Facing uh, them, but it's Tyrell Corp. I'm pretty sure. Um, good times all around. Map. Forte is going as running back 44. This is a guy that I think just comes at a value. You're not giving up much for him. And what happens if Bill L. Powell gets hurt? What happens if this team's a little bit better than we think they could be? Um, you're just not giving up much to get, um, you know, uh, to get the guy. And the worry, obviously, is that Forte's old. He's over 30, and we know what happens when that when it goes wrong. But uh, Forte, it just seems like a good pick uh, deeper down there, if, especially if you um, need some uh, running back depth. Uh, there's just a lot of names out there when you're when you're drafting in there, and he's the kind of guy that could uh, have a serviceable to upside pretty good season uh, if you 
if you did kind of uh, hold off on run, on uh, taking running backs, or you did the flip side and you have you went really high on running backs, and as a result, you kind of need to get some more uh, slow and steady guys later. So Forte, you know, I'm a Bears fan. I like him. He's a hard worker. He's a professional. Um, I just I, I don't have any stats that jump off the page on why I think he's going to be awesome. Uh, it's obviously a, 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 a an offense that is um, going to be fantasy point deprived, but Again, this guy's going – guys that are going before him, uh, when you look at the names, just like, eh. eh I, I mean, I'm not saying he's better, but the guys after him are worse. So I think he's he's kind of in the right spot, uh, but I think he could, he could pull through and, and give you some good starts. Yeah, a couple of things on Forte is I believe it was a 2009 – article he said that he wants to play 10 years in the league so this will be his 10th year so we kind of we kind of see it coming he knows this is going to be his last year but we have never seen Bilal Powell able to to carry a full workload so Matt Forte is going to be needed in that backfield because Bilal Powell can't handle that full workload Bilal Powell is sneaky old he's 29 years old so a lot of people kind of think Bilal Powell, and because they haven't heard much of him, they think he's a little younger. He's not. He's basically just as old as Forte. I know it's, there's a two-year difference, but when you're a, a over 28 as a running back, does it really matter? And Matt Forte, I looked at the stats. I know a lot of the Bears' years aren't applicable, but every single time that Matt Forte saw a decrease in volume, he saw an increase in efficiency. So he kind of like – floats around the same value regardless of his volume. So that's another great thing about Matt Forte. And, I mean, he's basically free when you're talking about potential starting RB1s. Or not RB1s, starting running backs on their team. But, yeah, as we talked about before, you don't really want too many San Francisco 49ers. You definitely don't want too many Jets. So, I mean, I do not think it's a good idea to go get Powell and Forte and own that backfield. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Um, let's go on to the next guy, Randall Cobb. I'll, I'll just make it quick. Wide receiver 35. He's moving up a little bit due to his health, uh, and obviously he's on uh, the number one passing attack, uh, or at least the top three one. Uh, everyone seems to think Rodgers is the number one uh, quarterback. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to – he's fallen uh, down, but we saw what can happen in the playoffs last year. And that's really all I'm going to say. Last year in the playoffs, he was the man. He was mm-hmm. awesome. I had some huge breakout games. I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, especially with Martellus in the mix, is going to bring, uh, you know, it's going to be certain games where Cobb is just going to be a decoy or not really a huge part of the game plan, and that's just going to happen. So uh, keep your eye on him, though. But, again, the value, I think, uh, is, is pretty solid. Um, he's going just ahead of some of those guys I mentioned before, ahead of Moncrief a little below Sean Jackson. Um, and I think that he could be, uh, you know, there are guys beneath him in ADP that I like more than Cobb. But I will say one thing. People have been soured on on Cobb where I don't care what his ADP is. He's available late in a lot of drafts I've done. I'm like looking around, I'm like, Jesus. And I look at my tears and he's the one guy up there. And, I, you know, in all honesty, I don't, at that point, I'm like, God, do I even really want him? But let your, when your spears, when your tears uh, speak to you, you got to take it. And there's been a couple drafts I'm in. I'm like, all right, I'll take him. And it's just he's sitting around too late. Um, and I, you, you just got to go get him. So he's on that offense. He's uh, 
not as old as you would think. I think he's going to be 27 this year, um, and he's kind of uh, he's an injury-prone guy, but that's all I got. I, I'm, I'm kind of liking a Cobb as his value. Um, I don't necessarily love having him as my wide. I don't love him having him as my wide receiver three or anything, but he's probably a good guy to have on your bench for some good depth. He, he will have some nice games. And if an injury happens to any of those other guys, uh, then he's really uh, pretty helpful. Uh, especially imagine if an injury happens to Ty Montgomery. If Ty, that does happen in some way, or shape, or form, uh, the Cobb roles that he had two years ago, which were very kind of opened the eyes of the coaching staff of how to use some of these smaller scat back types uh, like Cobb was, that was kind of birthed by Cobb. And then Ty Montgomery took that role. So if, if Ty gets hurt, I could see a lot more opportunities for uh, Cobb as a result. Yeah, I want to take a second and pause on Ty Montgomery. He does have sickle cell trait. So he will be dealing with injuries this year and through his career. So that that's just a very unfortunate thing to, to go into sickle cell trait. Basically your, uh, your red blood cells are in the shape of sickles. So they're like little L's and you're just basically, you're not getting really all that much oxygen to your, what you talk about your soft tissue issues, your soft tissues and organs aren't getting enough oxygen from those red blood cells. So that's why those guys, when they get hurt, it seems to take a long time. You think of a, a Tevin Coleman and a John Brown are both guys that we've seen impacted by it. So Ty Montgomery with sickle cell trade, I think that really changes everything. I don't, I don't think we can slate him in for a 16 game season for the rest of his career with that. Um, hovering exactly. over Randall Cobb, there is it's not actually, a single. He's actually a bust um, in from Houdini, uh, or no, from you. He's a, he's a bust from you, and I think he was on Houdini's list too. Uh, so we'll get we'll talk about Ty Montgomery mm-hmm. in a little bit. Will you um, before you go? Who are you going to talk about? Someone else? Uh, oh no, Randall the... Cobb. Not Randall Cobb. No. Okay. So I... for Randall Cobb, where you're saying you might like a couple guys below. Him. I don't like a single wide receiver below him at that value. You're getting him as a back end, the back end wide receiver three. I don't see there's any way he's not a wide receiver two this year. So last season, he dealt with a hamstring injury. He was injured in week seven and he missed week eight. After that injury, he was still really impacted by that for the rest of the year. We saw him coming out on multiple plays, kind of sitting over there in the sidelines, not able to really give it. He wasn't really able to put in a full workload. If you look at prior to the injury so the first seven weeks and you extrapolate that out against or for 16 games he would be looking at 146 targets 104 catches for over a thousand yards and 7.5 touchdowns I just he he kind of flip-flopped with Devontae Adams last year as the wide receiver two wide receiver three I don't think Devontae Adams skill set I don't think it's legit so I will say this. I think Randall Cobb is their definite wide receiver two on their team. I think in fantasy, he is definitely going to be a wide receiver two pending injury, potentially a wide receiver one, like we saw in the 2014, 2015 seasons where he was kind of hovering on that wide receiver one, wide receiver two border. And I mean, at wide receiver 36, I just, I think he's a can't go wrong player. He's a sure thing. 
Love it. I, I like to hear that. I've been, I've never thought I'd like him, but I just, I'm just looking at, he bounces off the page and bounces off of available draft boards every time for me. Uh, before we go on to our next guy, we're talking sleepers right now. Um, do me a favor. Let's keep the lights on and let's uh, take a minute, uh, take a second to listen to these, uh, our sponsors. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate that. Um, all right, let's go on to Zay Jones. He's wide receiver 55. Uh, we kind of got to start moving a little faster. Um, we're at about a little over uh, – we're about at about an hour and ten minutes, and uh, surprisingly enough, we're not even we're not even halfway through our list here. So um, I think uh, that just kind of happens on the Pyro podcast, no matter who's on it, whether it's me, Houdini, and Stag Party in the same room or me and Heartbeat, uh, me and uh, the, the Middle Coast and you on the West Coast. Uh, but Zay Jones, uh, I think you just got to love it. They love what they see in him. Uh, he's got the skill set to get it done right out of the gates. I think he's going to start out being peppered with targets week one and have a, a great opportunity if he can stay healthy to put up one of the better rookie uh, kind of seasons. They got rid of Watson, uh, I mean Watkins, um, and it's. It, I, I think Bolden retired. Uh, they, you know, when that happened, you thought it was going to be Bolden and Zay Jones, and now it's uh, essentially Zay Jones and uh, I don't even know who's uh, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, Jordan Matthews. That's right. And you know, they've got Holmes there as well. Who some depth charts you look at is still ahead of Zay Jones. But uh, I just saw in that game the other night that he had he had an incredible sideline catch where he patted his uh, toes down and got blasted. Uh, by someone still held on to the ball. He's just a football player. Nice body. Nice, I mean, he is just a football player. So I love Isaiah Jones. Again, I do those rookie leagues. I'll definitely have him on my team. Even though rookie wide receivers don't you know, pay dividends uh, quite like a running back does uh, or a quarterback in rookie, all rookie leagues, I, I just love this guy. I, I said it on a podcast, a uh, Pirate podcast about a month ago. I think this guy – just, you know, this is this is a hot take. No question about it. I got ripped on when I said it. But this is the kind of guy that if everything goes right, I feel like he can have uh, – he's got the body. He's got the kind of skill set to have just one of those uh, – he could go down as one of the greats, I think. Yeah, I, said he, I said he was a Hall of Famer. Let's just put him in now. I did say he was a Hall of Famer before he's played his first NFL game. But I'm willing to take those risks and call those shots if I'm wrong. So be it. Forget about it. I'll say this. He's probably the best Zay in NFL history. Uh, (laughs) But beyond that, I mean, Sammy Watkins is out of there. Uh, Jordan Matthews is in, but he's hurt. Anquan Bolton is out. His ADP is going to be inflated a bit because of that, because of those reactions. But, yeah, I mean – they're they're he's very similar to Jordan Matthews. They're both going to be basically possession receivers. I don't have much else to add. I think he's definitely a value at where he's going. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what's going on. I mean, just think about that. The Woods is gone, Watkins is gone, and I people like Tyrod Taylor, and I do too. Uh, I just like him. Uh, one thing that blows uh, that's, that's hard to believe and mind blowing is he had 150 catches last year. Uh, mm-hmm in college that's uh pretty awesome so let's go on to the next guy marlon mack uh i'm super high on him the buzz on him he's running back 57 that is going to start moving up uh the buzz on him is real he had a 
awesome friggin' game against Dallas the other night. Didn't have, you know, end with huge numbers or anything, but just uh, it just had some burst friggin' plays. You could just see what this guy's going to be able to do. Um, he had a 10-yard run, a 13-yard run, a 23-yard run. And, uh, God, I, I just love this guy. Ever since I saw him at the, uh, at the Combine and um, reading and watching some of these highlights of his uh, from college, uh, he just seems like he's going to be um, a running back in this league to me. Uh, and he went to the perfect team that needs a guy. They need – they got they, – I mean, think about it. We like Gore, but he's a plotter. He's getting so old. Mm-hmm. He had a thousand yards last season, but they know it. They they need some excitement. They need someone that can put some fear into the defenders, and that is Marlon Mack, not Gore. Uh, so I just think if hopefully luck isn't out for too long, come back right away. But I just think um, Chuck Strong knows he's got to get this guy the ball. The uh, the fans want it. The management wants it. And the team needs it. They need to be able to chip away and get some first downs. It can't just be third and along every uh, every drive like it seems like it is for Luck. And it's either him t- taking his helmet off and scratching his head all sweaty and like, oh, God, they need to be able to chip away at some yards. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Mack, he's a very explosive runner. In watching his film getting ready for our uh, rookie dossier, he just looked like a supreme athlete down in South Florida. He's above six foot. He's a prototypical athlete size. And he is that electric runner that once Frank Gore finally dies, maybe when he's like 55, uh, I mean, and off the Colts when he's 55, uh, I just think Marlon Mack is a much better fit in terms of style for an Andrew Luck offense. You want that electric runner where you can dump it down to him or hand it off to him. And he is, he's an actual threat to get 20 yards on every play. So he's going to be a much better option for them. It's just a matter of how quickly can he learn the playbook and how quickly can he replace Frank Gore. Cool. Let's move on to the next guy, and that's C.J. Procise for me. I'll just talk about him quickly, running back 50. Uh, so th- th- he's coming at a serious value. Obviously, you got Lacey ahead of him and Thomas Rawls. Um, I think Lacey's kind of shown that it might be a, a quick – a quick uh, season for him. He just doesn't seem like he's got it anymore. Um, does not seem like he's got the burst, and I'm just worried for him. Uh, I do like Rawls and his value. I think he's maybe a guy that we list later, but I, I've, I've found him on some of my teams as a as a later round guy. To, to, but precise. The crazy thing about him, so he's so good at, as in PPR and catching the ball. He's six one two twenty. You think of him, he's the biggest back on the team essentially, besides Lacey's. Uh, you know, fat, not really big, but um, CJ is young. This guy's only 23 years old. I think this is his third season. Um, and I don't know. It just looks like with the way that they're um, playing right now and the way Wilson's playing, they want to play fast. I think it's going to be the Procise and Rawls uh, tandem. I don't think it's going to be the Lace. Maybe Lacey's the, the red zone guy, but uh, that's really all I want to do. I just think um, Procise has got a has got a nice little uh he's gonna have a nice season on his hand. And when you're thinking about getting him at the uh at running back fifty, um it's 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 pretty uh it, it, it all sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, the one cause for concern is that he is on the Seattle Seahawks and they have shown that they want to be a more run dominant team. So you have to wonder we we saw like with Golden Tate when he went to the Lions that increase in value and you just wonder how many pass catchers can that offense support otherwise 
He is a converted wide receiver. He is very, very good out of the backfield. He doesn't see any threat from Eddie Lacy or Thomas Rawls. He is that third down running back. And we saw that when he did get work last year, he produced in fantasy. He had like a 22-yard point, 22-point game once, and I believe that was the only full game that he played with a, a really a, a usable workload in fantasy. I mean, he's that a was stud athlete. Team. That was against the Patriots. Yep. So he's, he did it. It's not like he did that against some, uh, some shitbag team. Um, all right, let's go to – we're not going to talk too much about this guy because we, we know that you don't like him. Uh, but we'll give you a chance to 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 come down on him if you want it. But Houdini listed uh, Dak Prescott as a sleeper at QB twelve. Um, I'm not going to try and sit here and defend him. I think it helps him that uh, what's his name is out for a bit. Aziki uh, virus is is gone. I think they're going to need him to pass out of situations. And for me, um, you know, he had, last year he had twelve top ten. Um, or t- sorry, he had 10 t- top 12 finishes for quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, that could mean he's the last quarterback that's starting in a 12 man league, but still, uh, it's, it's better, better than, than you would think for a rookie had some uh, great games across the board. I think his vision was awesome and just showed, uh, showed he belongs. So, uh, almost 36, uh, hundred passing yards, 23 TDs. And he led the league at, for quarterbacks with six rushing TDs. Played 16 games. I just feel like behind that offensive line, uh, he's going to be protected. And Dak Prescott, for me, is a guy that you can get. Um, he comes at a value. Let's see, where does, where does that mean for uh, what round is, is is the 12th? He goes 93rd. He's a ninth-round quarterback. I like it. Let's not spend too much time on him. But uh, what, what I know you don't think he's a good quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts? To clarify, he's a fine fantasy option. I just don't like him as an actual quarterback. I just didn't, I didn't really see that many plays where he had to go away from his first option. And that's really what I see is how, how well do quarterbacks react to the first option and kind of make changes at the line. He doesn't have to do that with that awesome run game. He's going to be a fine fantasy option. I don't like him in real life. I think losing Ezekiel Elliott will cause them to be significantly less efficient, but the end of season numbers are going to be there. He was what the seventh quarterback last year. Going at 12, I think there are a couple of red flags. I don't think he's one of these sure thing players because the last time we saw a quarterback be rookie of the year with another rookie at running back who went over 1,600 yards, I know these are very fine criteria, but that was RG3. So I don't think he's like RG3. He doesn't have that health problem or that he, he seems to get out of the way of hits. I mean, he's a fine fantasy option. I just don't like him as a real-life quarterback. Cool. Uh, let's go on to the next guy, and that's Jamison Crowder. I think all of us like this dude. Uh, wide receiver 32, 78th overall. Uh, just give me a little uh, high level what you like about him. I don't really need to talk about him too much. The thing I like about him the most is is, is friggin', um, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins, and I like Pryor, and a lot of uh, Garcon's gone, Deshaun Jackson's gone, and he already had a good season last year with those guys here. So he's got the best rapport um, right now of all the guys that are going to play. I mean, Reed, you could arguably has mm-hmm. a better rapport with uh, Luck, but I think the Crowder has uh, is, got a better chance of playing every game. So why do you like him? Um, I mean, he's another one of those slot receiver, like, sure things. He's going to be probably 
You can probably pencil him in for 80 catches. You can probably pencil him in for 1,000 yards. If not, he's just going to barely miss that in a healthy season. You're probably going to see a little less on the touchdown side because they did bring in a 6-4 Terrell Pryor. 6-3 Josh Doxson should be healthy this year. And we know the 6-2 Jordan Reed is there. So we should see those touchdowns come down a bit. But he's going to be a solid 8-catch for 80 yards. like almost every game of the season. The only thing I like more than Jameson Crowder would be a Jameson Chowder. (laughs) Yeah, he's a slot receiver. So these other guys, Doxon and and, and Terrell, you know, they're not going to eat into him. He played 76% of his uh, uh, snaps last year out of the slot and actually had some uh, good touchdown action. He had seven touchdowns. I think Mm -hmm. that that could possibly come down or stay the same, but I think both of us agree the catches – Targets, catches, and yards are going up. Uh, young kid, so you know, smaller, five eight dude, but uh, should be pretty good. As far as um, I think he's a great PPR or standard, great wide receiver three, yep. really good wide receiver two, um, a pretty good wide receiver two. Um, and if you're in bigger leagues, uh, you're going to be able to get you. You're going to need that uh, a guy like this on your lineup. So I love that offense. I think Kirk Cousins could have the most uh, passing TDs and. Of all the quarterbacks this year, he's definitely a top five QB, in my opinion, for fantasy football. And Crowder's the one consistent. I like a prior a lot. I like him more than I like a Crowder. But I just know that I feel real confident Crowder's going to be there 16 games and really uh, make it happen, where I can't say that about Dox, and I can't say that, of course, about um, J- uh, Reed. Uh, so that it just it, it really looks pretty good when you for Crowder. And when you sick when you th- – are there really 32 wide receivers that have more upside than him? I don't know. Uh, the one red flag that I see with Jameson Crowder is the possibility that the Washington Redskins could just have a really bad season. And we could know before the season ends that Kirk Cousins is basically he, in like a Paul George type of situation where he has his heart set on leaving. We know that he's, being targeted by the 49ers as their future quarterback. But he said that he wants to be a Washington Redskin for life. So we got to take that at face value. And I mean, that's the only red flag I really see with Jameson Crowder. Cool. Um, Let's move on to the next guy. And that's Jordan Matthews, wide receiver 50 going 142 overall, obviously just was kind of out of favor in Philadelphia, um, kept moving down the depth chart and wasn't really getting any action, traded over to um, as the replacement of Sammy Watkins. Right when that happened, I think his first practice with the Bills, he chipped his sternum, looks like he's back. Uh, tell me, uh, this is one of Houdini's guys. You, you like Jordan Matthews? I have to see it with Jordan Matthews because he's changing teams and because Tyrod Taylor isn't really that uh, – that strong passing quarterback. We, we think of Tyrod Taylor more of a, more as a deep ball threat, kind of a, a deep ball, or then he's going to put his head down and run it. So that's one thing I want to see. But at wide receiver 50, I don't see how he doesn't provide that value. He is what one of like four receivers in NFL history to start his, his career with 75 plus catches and 800 plus yards as in like with like the likes of Randy Moss. And I mean, so He has been consistently solid through his career. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be solid as long as he's healthy, and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't provide value at wide receiver 50. 
Cool. Let's go on to uh, Zach Ertz, tight end 10, uh, going 96th overall. So if you're in a 10-man league, you basically can get him in the uh, middle, late, uh, ninth round. Um, this is a Houdini guy. You got any uh, anything you want to talk about with him or any love or not love uh, for an Ertz? Oh, I absolutely love Zach Ertz. I actually just picked him up in a dynasty startup. He's a 26-year-old, so he's still very, very young. And one thing to note about Doug Peterson's offense is every single year he has been a head coach. He started in Philadelphia under Andy Reid. He went over to Kansas City with Reid, and now he's the head coach of the Eagles. Three out of the five top target getters in the Doug Peterson-Andy Reid offense have been non-wide receivers. Zach Ertz led the team in catches last year. He's... They've been talking him up as a huge target share guy. And he showed in, in that first game or in that game last night that he's he has the ability to go. He has the ability to make changes to the ball in midair. And I mean, he could he I think there's no way he isn't better than tight end 10 as long as he's healthy again. Yeah, I don't think you want to reach for him, but I agree. And as we said on our Pyro podcast show when we were doing tight ends, if every game was week six, 15 and 16, he's the best tight end in the world. Uh, hopefully he just always starts slow and but ends real hot. So hopefully he's got a good rapport and this gets just gets going right away with um, Wentz. And uh, I think he's... he's yeah, Carson going. Wentz, and you got a little choppy over there. Okay. Um, uh, you so, got a little choppy over there, sorry. Okay. Um, the yeah, I think he's the guy that's still standing. You got Alshon Jeffries new. The whole backfield seems to be new. Uh, Ertz is the one guy that's been solidly here for a while, and I think that helps him out. Yeah, and he's solidly in that that tier of people, the tight ends, where you're not really sure. You you maybe have your top six or seven tight ends, and he's in that group thereafter. So, I mean, of that group, I know you guys like Martellus Bennett a little bit more, but, I mean, Zach Ertz is a, a low, I mean, a high floor guy. So I think he's definitely a solid get. Yeah, hopefully he can get going early because he sucked through, uh, he sucked the first half of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stats, I mean, he was like sucked the first uh, eight, half of last year. So um, it was painful. Uh, but yeah, let's we see. can attribute that to uh, the rookie quarterback being Carson Wentz getting used to the offense because he was kind of thrown in there. Sam Bradford was their starter. He was thrown in there with two weeks, like two weeks before the season. So I'm pretty sure everyone got off to a pretty slow start in that offense. Cool. Well, let's go on. That's the last of our sleepers. Uh, so we've gone through our overperformers and our fantasy sleepers. Uh, we're going to go into the next uh, little section we're going to do is busts. And then we're going to close out the show with deep sleepers and chloroformers, which are also known as super deep sleepers, maybe with a little bit of a, uh, a towel with some sort of liquid on it or of some sort. So um, – <laughs> let's uh i think we've given this enough time to do you know let's just go into it and we'll we'll do an ad uh, a couple players into it uh sometimes our blog talk radio uh doesn't uh let you put ads too close to one another i think let's do use this time for a little pyro promo pick up our draft kit it's pretty friggin' amazing we're on version three we're gonna be doing one more version uh that's gonna come out uh middle or end of next week uh for your last round of draft that last weekend of drafts um, and again, I think the pyro draft kit is amazing. Even in season, I use it on a regular basis. It's not just something that you use 
to create your tiers or prior to draft. Um, you use it in the season as well. So check that out. You can get it for 20 bucks on our website. You'll see in the upper left hand of pyromaniac.com. Uh, uh, click that little uh, ad for the draft kit and go get it. And if you want um, to get a $5 discount on that draft kit, uh, put in the discount code Valverde, and that's V, three A's, A-A-A-L-V-E-R-D-E. Check that out. I've had some people that say they can't find that discount code. Um, so be it. I always see it when it's there, but if that's the case, hit me up on social media or contact me via email and, um, I can go in after you buy it and give you the discount. Uh, so no worries there. Uh, last pyro promo, sign up for pyro pro. Um, it's pretty amazing. You can ask us direct questions. You really get the mind share of the collective pyro people we just got a heartbeat this week um with access to the second opinions as well so he will be one of the guys that answers questions that you ask um it's been an awesome day uh an awesome few days for pyro pros had a number of new people signing up to become members which is exciting thank you for that if you haven't try it it's a little different you know you just to be able to have direct access to us is probably the biggest thing you get uh by being a pyro pro and uh, also, there's a great resource toolbox there. You can follow uh, up to 100 players that you like and get news and news feeds on those players. And uh, within the dashboard timeline, you can enjoy that space and uh, not have to and still get all of our content that we do on a daily, weekly basis. Uh, so good times all around. You can try it out for five bucks a week, uh, 10 bucks a month or for the uh, for an entire year for forty dollars. That is not mean that it's just it ends at that when the season ends this year you get it from the day you buy it till one year after um so i think it's amazing if you use it on a regular basis and reach out and ask us questions um you will be a fantasy badass it is a it is a great tool to uh, help you become a better fantasy footballer so check out the pyro pro sign up today we appreciate it let's move on to busts um, heartbeat. We got the first guys for you here, Matt Ryan, QB four. Tell us about why you think that he's going to be a bust. Well, I mean, Matt Ryan before last year has never finished higher than QB eight. The Atlanta Falcons had one of the most efficient offensive seasons in NFL history. And then they lost their offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. They brought in Steve Sarkeesian, who I don't, really remember him ever being a successful offensive mind. He got kicked out of USC. He played in uh he was down in Alabama for one game, just the national championship game. And they lost. I mean, I don't think he's a sure thing. I think they're going to kind of take what they can from Shanahan and keep that in their offense. But he's Sarkeesian's more of a, a placeholder until they can find a real offensive coordinator, in my opinion. And going at quarterback four, we're expecting that regression across the whole team. I, I really think his upside is around that QB7, QB8, and going at QB4, that, that just doesn't really seem to make sense when there are such great options at quarterback. And there, it's such a deep pool. I believe we all go at least 16 deep with quarterbacks that we're comfortable starting. So using that high draft capital on that, Ryan, it, it seems like it's going to be a sure thing bust for me this year. Uh, yeah, I, it, it is too bad that he, right when everything was coming together, um, that they, uh, you know, Shanahan went and jettisoned. And obviously that fourth, uh, that Super Bowl 
uh, meltdown? Uh, is that going to be the driving force to have them be hungry for this year? Or is it just going to be this thing that's going to be uh, marinating and lingering in the back of their minds and cause them to kind of lose some of this this unbelievable confidence that they had in, 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 in their game plan? Th- something to think about. Matt Ryan is thir- 32 years old, getting up there. But the thing, I would say the saving grace for him, do I want to pick him as the first pick in the fourth round, which is essentially where you got to get him? He's going, Matt Ryan is the 40th overall pick in fantasy drafts uh absolutely not for the reason you said there's 10 guys beneath him that you can grab um in four rounds later and behind and lower than that so i'd rather be getting um a running back wide receiver or even uh an Ertz or i'm uh, not Ertz, sorry a kelsey or somebody like that at tight end uh just because you can get a tier one guy and make the difference at that position where the quarterback it's just it's just it's just shown that the numbers are, are they're just so much closer. You're not going to gain and benefit from going super high on a quarterback, even a Brady or, or a Rogers. You're going to love what they can do for you, but the difference that you, that you can gain on, on the, on picks later and how many points per outing uh, it's going to differ. It's just not worth it. So, but I love Julio Jones. So yeah, he yeah. Does, and he does have that weapon, thing, which is nice. One more thing going off what you said, um, it's like, how often do those teams that use the, the high draft pick, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady, how often do those win championships? Because there are no second place trophies in fantasy football. You're either winning and going home with the money or you're not. And it's, we have data that backs that up, that those early quarterbacks, they, they really don't produce that well. You're better off trying to find a late round guy. Here's the stat. Last season, there were 13 quarterbacks that threw for 25 yards. 13 of them also passed for more than 4,000 yards. Nine QBs did both. That essentially tells you that in a 12-man league, you, uh, you get you know three-fourths of the owners have a guy that's going to do both. If you're in a 10-team league, that means nine out of the 10 teams uh, should more or less, you know, it doesn't, you know, this is, mm-hmm. uh, should be able to get a guy that does that. Matt Ryan did have an unbelievable season last year. Um, but it's just not, it's just not going to value the value of doing that versus getting a, uh, you know, a higher tier running back wide receiver or even a top tier tight end and, and striking early on that position. It's, it, I think it benefits you more. I'd, any day of the week, I'd rather take with the first pick in the fourth round um, uh, my wide receiver two or three uh, or a Kelsey. Um, I wish I would say Reed, um, but he's 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 just too injured. So um, any day of the week, I'd rather t- pick one of those positions or get my you know if I got a bunch of wide receivers uh, and, and get get my second running back. So uh, or get a, a great flex player. So just it's it just don't. You can wait on the quarterback and listen to Pyro, uh, you know, Heartbeats Pyro Pulse podcast with JJ Zachary Ryerson and, um, you know, the guys like that that do the late QB um, kind of concept where you can just wait, wait, wait. And he said he loved Dalton. I know a couple of years ago he loved um, Ben Roethlisberger. You can wait. There's going to be one of these guys that even goes to like the, the Dalton's the 18th pick. Tyrod Taylor's the 19th ADP right now at quarterback. Carson Palmer, 20th. Think about that. Tyrod Taylor last year finished as the eighth QB in standard leagues. He finished eighth. So he finished better than, um, you know, just uh, any of these guys. And right now his ADP is the 19th. Uh, Sammy Watkins leaving is not 
a big enough reason for him to to go fall 11 places because Sammy Watkins sucked last year. I had him on my teams. I drafted him in the fourth round, and he destroyed my teams across the board. He and Tyrod still was the eighth quarterback. So don't be the guy that goes in, in grass too early at Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, or, you know, the Ryan, Matt Ryan, you know, Wilson goes super high. You just, I like a Wilson. I like all these guys. They're great players, but you just don't need to do it. I'd rather have a cousins, um, uh, you know, a, a luck granted if he's healthy, I'd rather have, you know, Derek Carr. I'd rather have Cam Newton. We saw Cam Newton finally played the other night. All the worries about his he looked pretty damn good. This is a guy that's finished as a QB one and been a top five guy in a number of occasions. There's so much depth at this position. Take gain that depth. Don't overpay. All right, my rant's over. Uh, you let's move on to uh, the next guy. That's Jameis Winston. Uh, you can. I won't say a word. I've been talking too much. Go and then we'll move on. Yeah. So Jameis Winston at quarterback seven is completely ridiculous. He's thrown 33 interceptions in his first two seasons. We saw last year, after he started the year in the first four games with eight interceptions, we saw Dirk Cutter pull the reins back. He doesn't. Dirk Cutter is a control-the-ball type of guy. He wants more of a game manager in there. And Jameis Winston just isn't that. Jameis Winston also is going to have an inflated value because his team is on hard knocks. So... We don't need to get into that. Hard Knocks is basically a joke. But let's talk about some of the other players who have thrown 33-plus interceptions in their first two years since the turn of the millennium. Jameis Winston, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Blake Bortles, Joey Harrington. Although Jameis does do good things. He has a stud in Mike Evans. So we're not saying he's going to be exactly like them. But that is just really terrible company to be in. Yeah. Well, the thing I like about Jameis is they got – he likes to throw deep. He likes to – we love an Evans, but also they added other pit components. Godwin, you got to like, and Deshaun Jackson is, is awesome. And Winston mm-hmm. is a fuck it, uh, I'll just chuck it kind of guy, and that crushes you on interceptions. But he's had 4,000 yards both of those seasons uh, in, in, in the league so far. So if you, if you are in a league that rewards for long touchdowns and, and yards for your quarterback and 300-yard games and such like that, he is good in that world but i i agree i think um at the seventh spot uh i think he's probably you can double that number and that's where he probably should be going yeah i see yeah he's going to be one of those fringe quarterback ones he's going to be at the 12 13 when the end of the season comes because they're going to be throwing those 32 passes per game and that really limits his upside yeah and we have part- seen though go ahead with uh Ashawn jackson every single team he's gone to the quarterback of that team has seen their yards per attempt go up by 0.5 yards. And every time he leaves a team, their yards per, that quarterback's yards per attempt that lost him goes down by that 0.5. And that's a minimal number, not an average. So the Deshaun Jackson effect is real. That's a stat that I got derived from Mike Tagliere over at Fantasy Pros. And but yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston, you just can't, you can't justify that QB7 value. He's going to be decent, but you can't justify QB7. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, I do like OJ Howard more than most people. I I just think he's everyone's like writing him off as if he's just going to be a blocker. I don't see that. I think he's going to be pretty pretty good. So uh, when last year all you had was Evans, I think this year you've got some. He's got some good weapons. Uh, Stag Party's big point on the reason why he doesn't like Winston is kind of what you were saying. They started winning games last year when they stopped letting him just throw the ball around and became a balanced attack. So think about that. There's a reason why Evans was amazing the first half of the season and then came back down to earth. That's because the game plan and Dirk Cotter were like, fuck it, we just can't win games with this guy throwing it around. Uh, and that's when they started winning. So why are they going to change a winning recipe? They don't. Cotter and the franchise doesn't give a crap about our fantasy teams. They want to win games. So let's move on to the next guy, Spencer Ware. Uh, Bus, we already talked about him. We know the reason why. He's obviously he's running back 19, but that number's even going to come plummeting down now that he's essentially going to be out what Heartbeat thinks at least six to eight weeks. Um, right? That was the number you gave? Yeah. Um, so what his injury is is either a strain or tear in the MCL or PCL. What I'll say about that is if you strain it, it's actually worse because the only way to actually go in and repair those ligaments medically is to fully tear them and then to grab like tendons from elsewhere or fat from elsewhere. So even if he doesn't miss that long, he's going to be playing in so much pain that you don't want him. And I'm very high on Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to be the workhorse all year long. Spencer, where we really don't need to go any further into it. He's a bust. Or cool. if he's even drafted. Yeah, cool. Therefore. Before we go on to the next guy, uh, do me a favor. Listen to this word from our sponsors. Holla for a dollar. Thank you there. Appreciate that. Ty Montgomery, we talked about him a bit. Sickle cell um, guy running back 20. I'm just not seeing it. I don't think he can take the punishment even if he didn't have sickle cell and he was completely healthy. He's bigger than than you think he he, he, and he looks, uh, but I just don't see it. Just because all of a sudden I want to change you from a wide receiver to a running back to a wide receiver to a running back doesn't mean you can do it. I think there's a reason why they drafted three ro- other rookie running backs in this year's draft. I think they're going to start spreading it around, and at the end of the day, they're a pass-first team. I agree with this Ty Montgomery being a bust. Uh, certain people that I respect bigly uh, in the in the industry, uh, guys like Stag Party, guys like uh, Evan Silva, they love this guy. That the love for Ty Montgomery is real, but I think it's more in the PPR and as a pass catcher. I just do not see this guy putting up um, a lot of yards on the ground. I just don't. I think when you look at his stats. Um, from last year, uh, let me go to Ty. He finished. Um, he finished the 38th running back, and that was on. Um, he only had f- uh, four, 457 yards rushing, three TDs, uh, and he, he was able to get 44 catches on 56 targets for thir- uh, 348 yards. He had under 100 fantasy points last year in 13 games. I, I just feel like his volume is not going to ever just be this crazy thing where you're feeling really good about him, even as a running back, too. And, yeah, so I want to step in. I just got to update. Tyrod Taylor has suffered a concussion in their preseason game against the uh, against the uh, the Ravens. Wow. So that's, that's more bad news for uh, – for Tyrod Taylor, as he, they've been talking about him potentially being replaced this year. Um, you know what Ty, that means, you, you know what that means? That Peterman is who they are already looks amazing. The quarterback out of Pittsburgh, pretty sure this Peterman guy was just a, 
I don't think he, he was there long enough. To, he was a transfer, but um, he, he looked great last year for them. So, uh, and he's been, there's been buzz around the camp this year that they kind of, the team feels like, wow, this guy's going to, this guy's a pro quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that basically moves Tyrod into our bus column because with the <laughs> concussion being replaced by, uh, by Peterman, who's a rookie and the fact that they, they gave him less money. They took back his contract and gave him less money. So they have no long-term plans with Tyrod. He's, he's being thrown into this bus on the, on the spot. Going back to Ty, you really covered it all. Um, the sickle cell trait changes everything. He does have a great skill set to be a, uh, one of these satellite running backs, but sickle cell plus them adding three running backs, I mean, they don't see him having that huge workload that you need to justify him being the 20th overall running back. I think we can move on from Ty Montgomery. Go for it. Yeah. So that brings up my next guy and we touched on him before Mike Gillisley. So uh, on Twitter, a couple of weeks ago, I went out and said that Jonathan Williams will outrush Mike Gillisley. And that seems like that's, that's possibly going to happen. He does play for the Patriots. He is going to be on the goal line a lot, especially with how closely these, these umpires call pass interference, especially with Gronk, who pushes off more than anyone in the league. They're going to have a lot of first and goals. The difficult thing is going to be guessing when those games will be. I think he'll have four or five great games, but it's going to be completely impossible to guess those. So end of season, he could be around RB24. I still think that's a little high. But, I mean, just that Patriots backfield is – you really want to stay away, especially with a, a top 24. So that's going in the first five rounds. Um, Gillisley's going to be a bust, in my opinion. But we have seen his ADP drop a little more to a spot where you could consider him. I think he's going in the sixth or seventh round, and I think that'll continue to drop. Yeah, I like him as he's dropping. I think the eye test for me, he just passes it with flying colors with in Buffalo, as I've said on shows past. He won me a championship by last second slotting him in on in a week 16 two years ago and Shady didn't run. So I love the guy. Uh, he literally won me a championship. So I'm always going to be a Gillisley fan. I think I agree with you. It's going to be kind of a, a bunch of people ball juggling. A, 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 there's going to be a, a corridor of different running backs to get their week. But he's the best running back out of all of them. I do think that. So I, I, I don't know if, if he does kind of just shine and he puts up some big games because they got to worry about all the other passing weapons that are there, which is true. Then he could, as his ADP slides, he could be a value and they could just say, you know what, you're, he could become the workhorse, something that this team hasn't had in a while. So it could happen, but I agree with you that um, it, it, it probably looks like it's going to be a revolving door of guys. So let's move on to the guy that just left that team um, and scored, what, 18 touchdowns last year. They're now vacant for the um, – the New England Patriots, but that's LeGarrette Blount. He went over to the Eagles to replace um, Ryan and uh, who, who else was it? I guess Smallwood. All the other guys uh, are still there, but I think um, it was just Ryan Matthews on the way out, really, because they still have Sproles and they still have Smallwood, and they're also starting to talk up Pumphrey in camp a little yeah. bit. So, also, I think this is a very important important part to add. Doug Peterson, we talked about before how he loves using non-wide receivers. He loves peppering them with targets. So his running back, the lowest feature running back, got 49 targets. 
The Gary Blunt maxes out at 25. So that's one reason. Number two is if he makes their 53-man roster, they owe the Patriots a compensatory pick. So, like, I, I think he's more likely to get cut than to make the team. Because of Ooh, that, because... You think Garrett Blunt's going to get cut? Yeah, I think they're going to say he's not worth that compensatory pick, and they're going to want to kind of run the wheels on Darren Sproles because this is likely his last year. I don't know. There was buzz about that in, in, in training camps and on Twitter and in the news this week. But then uh, Peterson came in and said, you know what? We love what he's doing. He's going to come. I did not see him getting cut. Uh, you really think that? But anyway, I'll let. I, oh, I'm going to say it's a, it's a 15 percent chance. OK, OK, good, good, good. Yeah, I think there's, there's a like there's a possibility of it, but not a likelihood. Um, he's more likely to get cut than to be running back 28. <laughs> OK. I like that. All right, let's move. Let's move through him and go to the, your next guy on the same team, Alshon. Uh, soft tissue uh, injury. Jeffrey playing on a one-year, betting on himself. Uh, mm-hmm. it, that's either a good thing or a bad thing for the people that draft him. But geez, Louise, he's going wide receiver sixteen. Um, I know you've got reasons. I'll kind of just shut my mouth on him. I'm a work at. I, I think it's because lack of work ethic. He's not a hard worker. What are the reasons you think that he's going to be a bust at wide receiver sixteen? I mean, I don't see him providing wide receiver sixteen. Not even close. Like I've been saying, this is this is basically the Doug Peterson do not draft episode. Um, <laughs> Doug Peterson's highest yardage was Jeremy Macklin. That's the only receiver that has ever played for him who has gone over a thousand yards. So a thousand yards is almost certainly off the table. What does Alshon do? Well, Alshon is one of those guys who goes up and gets the ball in the back of the end zone. He's a touchdown specialist. Carson Wentz is not a guy who's just going to loft it up there like Jay Cutler. He's not that gunslinger mentality. I, and then they also have Torrey Smith, who's a deep threat. So they're going to be looking Torrey Smith's way. He's much more likely to beat a guy deep than Alshon Jeffrey. And wide receiver 16, I really don't see it. I, I have him down in my 30s, to be honest. So I think he's more of a, a flex play or a wide receiver three play, depending on your setup. I just – I don't think he should have bet on himself, to be honest. Yeah, he he left like sixty million dollars with the Vikings on the table to do this, but he's he's made a shitload of money the last two years with the with the Bears. So uh, we'll see. I agree. I don't think he, end of the end of the third round is too rich for my blood with him. He's going to be banged up. So let's let's move on from Alshon. Um, I'm kind of. I'm going to stop hating on him just because I've given him an earful for the last four years in the Pyro <laughs> podcast. So and now I'm happy everyone else hates his guts. So Devontae Adams, wide receiver 18. We talked about him a bit um, when we were talking pro uh, for Cobb. I'll let you kind of go here quickly and then let's move on. Yeah, not to be redundant. I basically see Randall Cobb retaking that wide receiver too. Um Devontae Adams going back to that wide receiver three and that 12 touchdowns, I just don't think that's repeatable because they are going to be more of a run-heavy team with those three running backs they got. They did add Martellus Bennett, who is a good red zone option. So I see him as more around a six or seven touchdown guy and at wide receiver 18 as a, a touchdown specialist. That just doesn't justify his position. Cool. Let's go on to a guy for Houdini. Uh, Shady McCoy, running back three, he's going fifth overall. Um, I, I just don't – I can't call him a bust. Um, I just can't. I, do I think that's a value pick? No. Am I taking him uh, as the fifth overall? Not a chance. I actually did 
Um, I actually t- tweeted out last night um, a poll, and I'll read it off to you. I think it might still – it's probably still active. I'm loading it up. Let me uh, quickly go here. But I did a poll asking – uh, this is in a keeper league that I'm in. Basically, I asked, you have the fifth pick in a keeper league with uh, David Johnson, uh, Devonta Freeman, Melvin Gordon, and o- um, Odell Beckham Jr. have all been kept. Uh, so you're the fifth pick, like I said. Assuming that Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones are gone, who do you take? Uh, these are the final results, actually. We've got 101 votes on this one. Uh, the first guy was Mike Evans. Second guy was A.J. Green. Third guy was Jay Ajayi. And the fourth guy was LaShawn McCoy. First, I'll ask you, who, is, who would you pick out of those four? Oh, for sure, A.J. Green. He was the wide receiver one in, the, in points per game in the game, but he played They're a better team. I see what you're I, saying. I agree, with I agree with you. I agree with you. But basically, Evans was overwhelmingly the favorite at 56. I liked AJ mm-hmm. Green the most. I was just kind of getting a litmus test because I think these are the, going to be the four options. Hopefully, McCoy is already taken. JHI had 10% of the votes, and then LaShawn McCoy had 10%. AJ Green was 24. So, LaShawn McCoy, third running back in, in ADP, and people uh, seem to love him. And he had a great season last year. He had 14 total touchdowns. He can do it in the air. Didn't have a ton of yards receiving, but had, you know, 1,200 yards, top, you know, top 10 finishes uh, in standard. He had 10 uh, in his 15 games. He did well in PPR as well. But there's, it just shows you that even in that list, people and with those running backs gone in a keeper league, McCoy is just not the guy to have it. So I thought that was interesting. I thought it was going to be McCoy, and I knew that I wasn't going to take him, but uh, other people had the same sense that I did on him. So that that kind of screams a lot of people think he could be a bust. Yeah, it's just so hard to call him a bust because I, unless he gets injured, it's really hard to see him finishing outside of the top 10 running backs. I mean, he's done it regardless of his touchdown totals. He's been a consistent, strong running back. I can see the red flags. Sammy Watkins is gone. There's not going to be that. There's going to be an extra man in the box because they're not going to have that guy that takes the top off. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is not that great, but he is a running quarterback, which really strongly impacts that running back, the, the holes that the running back sees. They have a really good offensive line. So the, re- the big red flag is that Houdini had Shady as a bust, but not Jonathan Williams as a sleeper. So I just I just don't see how the Bills are not one of the better rushing teams again, regardless of who their running back is. And all signs point to Shady. I, he is in the top five in active rushing active rushing attempts in the league. So he does have all that tread on the tires. But I mean, we haven't seen any sign of him slowing down yet. So we can't assume that he's just going to slow down because of his age. Yeah, I think these guys are these are three Houdini players where you know kind of he he just gave us some big name guys that he thought weren't going to be great uh, for their ADP, mm-hmm. and the next guy is Jordy Nelson, wide receiver, six. <coughs> excuse me, twelfth overall. Tell me what you think there. I I mean, unless he gets hurt, which I don't think we can really say this guy's could could get hurt, so he's going to be a bust. But unless he gets hurt, I mean, he's consistently double digit touchdowns. Last season, he was the wide receiver one in many formats. He also, he was coming off an ACL. So he, about week 10, he came out and said, he's like, okay, I think I'm fine now. And if you extrapolate that week 10 out, he would be far and away wide receiver one. It was, he was looking at 15 plus touchdowns, 1500 plus yards. And I mean, 
that's the best passing offense. If he's active, he's going to be good. I don't know how he could bust, to be honest. Cool. Um, would you take him with the 12th overall? Or would you go more in one one of those? Uh, so let's look. Let's look there. And uh, so it's basically who do you if, if you're if they're all sitting there and you're in a twelve man team, 12, 12 man league, and you're on the the wraparound. You got the twelfth picks. You got the twelfth and thirteenth pick. Who do you like more? Do you like Demarco Murray, Jordan Howard, Jay Ajayi? Do you like Michael Thomas? Do you like or do you like Nelson more than all those guys? Um, Des Bryant. Yeah, I mean, I, Nelson is probably the guy. I'm, I'm more of a running back heavy approach, so I like grabbing two running backs in the first three rounds. So I'm, I'm probably not getting Jordy. But when you look at it, six overall, I mean, six wide receiver, 12th overall, that is a very fair asking price. So if you were to say, um, give me your, your third and your fifth round pick for Jordy Nelson, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Love it. Um... Let me move on and look at the next guy here. Jordan Reed, tight end four, 51st overall. Uh, Houdini thinks that he's going to be a bust. Again, I think maybe he thinks all three of these guys are going to get injured. Uh, but um, let's just move on. Jordan Reed, you know, he's already banged up. What is he? He's got a toe, in- toe injury or toe, something. And the red flag with Jordan Reed is one more hit to the head and he could be out of the league just because he's had so many concussions. Totally. Totally. All right. Well, let's move on to our deep sleepers. Uh, you go first uh, with your Sam Bradford QB twenty five. Tell me what you wouldn't th- some of the reasons why you're liking the him as a sleeper. Yeah, Sammy Biscuits. I mean, he's one of my least favorite players in the NFL. But <laughs> at quarterback twenty five, coming off a season where he set the NFL record for completion accuracy, he he has the highest completion percentage out of any player ever. I just said before that he's been looking a lot better in those intermediate routes. They have Laquan Treadwell was their first round pick and he didn't do a thing. I think he saw three targets last year. If he implements himself into that offense, he should have one extra weapon, which it would be really, he could go feeling digs. They have Rudolph at tight end. He has some really great options. And Dalvin cook is a very good receiver out of the backfield. Sam Bradford, should probably be more around quarterback 18, quarterback 17. He's a really good backup quarterback to have. And I, a quarterback three, that doesn't make sense to me. He's a really good, really, really good if you want to go into like a super flex or a two quarterback league. He's a really good cheap option. Cool. I like it. Well, just remember one thing with him though in standard, he in, you know, so standard formats, you know, obviously there's a little scoring idiosyncrasies that happen, but he was the 22nd uh quarterback last year and that was in 15 games i think one game he missed uh yeah he, he started out opening hot. game was that the opening game he missed uh, uh, yeah eight? because he was only he was only in minnesota for i think like 10 days before the opening game so yeah. he really had to come and he got thrown right into the fire there so i think this the being in the system for a year will really really improve his his value all right, Terrence West is our next guy, running back 37. He's going 100th overall in drafts. Um, this is one of Houdini's guys. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I guess he's, he, he could be good. I don't really have much to say on Terrence West. Do you have anything on him? Well, I mean, the one thing you say is he's currently slotted in as their starting running back. Kenneth Dixon out for the year, so he's not a threat. And then Danny Woodhead 
he's only had one season. He's, he's on the wrong side of 32. He'll be 33 early this season. And he's only seen one, one season in his career with more than 100 uh, rushes. So t- Terrence West being that running back one, going 37th among running backs doesn't make sense for any starting running back. So I, I really think that's where Houdini was going, just saying you can grab this starting running back super late. Cool. Let's go on to uh, Thomas Rawls. We already talked about him a little bit earlier. This is a running back 40. I mean, I just think Lacey looks like he's kind of washed up, skinny or, or fat. It doesn't matter. He just kind of had, had his, uh, the, t- the tire on his tr- – tread on his tire is, uh, is, is up. Uh, I don't know. I just don't like what I see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's, he turns out to be better than, than, than I think he will be in that, as you said, rush first offense. But I, I just like Rawls. When he's in there and he's healthy, he's shown that he can put up big games. Um, a couple of years ago, he had a 200-yard game in the fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, this is a guy that, that, that's gotten it done with this team in this system. And uh, all of a sudden, he got banged up last year, came back. But uh, now everyone's writing him off because they signed Eddie Lacy. So I think Rawls is a forgotten man. And as a result, I, I'm, a, I'm seeing him uh, in drafts late and um, just picking him up in the, with the what if. He knows the system. He's there. He could be the guy. And if he is. And all of a sudden, it's the one-two punch with him and C.J. Procise. You know, Procise is going to be the third down back, the receiver style. And, and Rawls, who's definitely got injury red flags all over the place, if he when he's playing and getting uh, getting the carry and getting the load, he's a stud. Yeah, Thomas Rawls. There's not there's not much to say. They brought in Eddie Lacy, but they still the rumblings around camp were still that they were going to be splitting touches. So he's going to have value. He's going to need Lacy to get hurt or to kind of just surpass Lacy to really provide you that value that you feel comfortable starting. But yeah, he is a potential running. If he does get that job, he's a potential high end running back too. With with that running back forty value, that that's just screaming value. He runs hard. I like whenever I'm watching that guy run. It's the reason why he always gets banged up because he he thinks he's a more of a road plower than he his body kind of uh, let, lets his lets him be. But um, man, he's a hard runner and he's punishing. So uh, we'll see what happens. Rex Burkhead, running back fifty-four, heartbeat. This is one of your guys. We talked a lot about the running backs in uh, Patriots. So let's just quickly give what uh, what you think about him as far as uh, deep sleeper action. If Mike Gillisley gets hurt, Rex Burkhead is their rushing down rushing back. He's going to be their early down back. He's going to be their short yardage back. I know that's a big if because Gillisley has had a pretty strong record of, of staying healthy. But Burkhead is also one of their most dynamic players. I saw I was really impressed by James White the other night. So he looks like he's kind of overtaken Rex as that value pick. But Rex is one of the guys where Belichick has stated he wants to be he wants to be more like he wants he doesn't want people to be able to predict his plays. So Rex Burkhead is one of those guys that he can be very, very usable on the ground and in the air. So he's going to have some of those big, big games that we're going to see from these Patriots. I think they're all going to have a couple big games here and there. So if you if you guess that game right or if Killisley goes down, if Killisley goes down, he probably gets slated in as a as a RB2, RB3 area. So you're getting great value on that. 
Cool. Love it. Jonathan Williams, running back 55. You like, you've been high on him for a while. Uh, We talked about him a little bit when we were talking about Shady, but uh, give us reasons um, why you're into him. Yep. Uh, If Shady is declared inactive for a week, Jonathan Williams becomes a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. For the running back 55, which potentially goes undrafted, depending on your league, that is absolutely worth stashing him. Love it. I completely agree. Ted Ginn, best ball, best ball maven. He's going to have some big games, uh, some big plays with uh, Drew Brees. Wide receiver 52. Give it to me. Yeah. Um, they went out and got him basically right after they got rid of Cook. So he was their clear Cook's replacement as the deep ball threat. And going at – 52, we know Drew Brees loves to spread the ball around. Drew Brees does not give guys more than 125 targets. So although we all like Michael Thomas, I'm a little lower on him than the rest. But although we all like Michael Thomas, they are going to spread the ball around. And he has a pretty good chance to beat out Willie Sneed to be their second receiver in two wide receiver sets. If he does that, going at wide receiver 52 is, is punishable. Like you should go to jail for at least a year taking him out at 52 if he's there if he's their second wide receiver in two in two wide receiver sets i mean nice um all right the next uh dude we got here cole beasley wide receiver 57 um you know obviously he's got a good rapport as a, as a check down option he had 75 receptions last year which uh, came out of nowhere and he was a, a kind of a solid pickup um what are your thoughts he, you, he play, he's their slot receiver and is he in the second year with Dak is he going to get as many checkdowns as he got last year 86% of his time he's out of the slot good player got a lot of uh, athleticism uh what do you what do you like about Cole What I like about Cole is he finished top five in almost every advanced statistic. If you look at success rate, he was top five. If you look at how how well he caught the ball, his his adjusted ratios, he's top five in basically everything. He is almost, at at going at 57, I see him as almost a sure thing wide receiver three. So it doesn't make any sense to me that he's going past wide receiver 36. He's their check down guy. Jason Witten is another year older. He's another year slower, and he's going to be another year less effective. He's been on the he's been trending down for since 2012. Cole Beasley is the guy who's most likely to step in and get some of those targets from Witten. Ezekiel Elliott being out, they're going to rely a little heavier on the pass rather than the run, and they're going to use those little those short check down plays, or not necessarily check down, but those those short passing plays as an extension of the run. I think he could be in line for 80 to 85 catches. And I mean, I have him in, in my wide receiver thirties at 57. He's, he's a great pick at 57. I, I don't think I need to go into it anymore. I know I've, you can go check out my, uh, my, the, the gold diggers that I wrote all basically all my sleeper picks. I, I talk about him. So there's plenty of stuff out there. If you don't, if you haven't seen it already, you should take give it a read, but Cole Beasley is going to be really, really good this year. Also, uh, I just posted, I think, yesterday or two days ago, your um, next version. I think it's version three of your tiers. Uh, so check those out and check out where he's got what tier he's got Cole Beasley in um, as well in the wide receiver column. And also, just so you know, on in that piece, you can download uh, Heartbeat's um, Excel document to help create your own tiers from that. We always tell you, don't 
don't just take somebody else's player rankings, make them your own, but we help. It's a good starting jump off point for you to download that Excel file, open it. All the players are already in there. And then you kind of look at the draft kit, do your research online, however you like to, and start moving around your guys. We kind of have uh, started it off for you um, as opposed to having you to have a blank canvas and put all these names in. So uh, heartbeats, tears are awesome. So check that out. Uh, we got stag parties are up there too. Um, I'm going to try and get mine up there tomorrow, but it might be Monday. Um, and that's going to be my version four that are going to be going towards the version four of our draft kit. And I'll post those up as uh, my own tiers as well. So good stuff there. Um, something with Cole Beasley to consider. You liked him as wide receiver three. I love it. Think about this. He finished as a wide receiver two in standard four times out of his 16 games. So a quarter of the games, he was a wide receiver two last year. We both think he's going to be a little bit better this year. It's not like Ter- Terrence Williams is eating his jobs. And I know Houdini wants to believe this, but Ryan Switzer was drafted so that Cole Beasley didn't have to do returns anymore. Ryan Switzer is not coming in and taking Cole Beasley's job. He was drafted because he's an awesome kick returner. He's self-declared already the best kick returner in the, le- in the league uh, by Ryan Switzer. Uh, but I just like Cole Beasley a lot too. This is a guy that people, in the same way that used to happen with Wes Welker, people just stay away from him in drafts because he's a 5'8 um, white kid and looks like he's more likely to be pumping gas for you at a gas station than uh, grabbing catches but almost had 100 targets last year um, I like him and then even just to go one step further PPR he's a beast uh, in that top um, in being a, a wide receiver two um, meaning that he finished in the top 24 for wide receivers last season and PPR he did it five times um, so he's, 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 he's bonafide, uh, value. Let's go on to, uh, Kenny Galladay. This is a guy I like wide receiver 59. He's kind of moving up lists a little bit. It didn't do much in the game last night. I think he only had one target, um, and whatever, but, uh, this guy's got the body to do it. Uh, he looks like, uh, kind of almost, almost another lion, almost Herman Moore-esque, uh, a little bit shorter. You know, he's actually six, four as well. Uh, maybe a little skinnier, but he's good, dude. Uh, I just like what I'm seeing out of him. I think the way that the number of uh, of throws that Stafford does each year and the way he always is going to go over 4,000 yards um, and just the loss of Bolden from last year and the fact that I don't believe that Ebron's going to make that jump. Just I think he's going to do better as he has gradually each season. But Galladay um is awesome don't get stuck with too many rookies on your team that's always not a good thing when at the end of your draft in a a 16 or 20 round you look and you're like oh jesus i got i got four or five rookies on your team you don't want to do that but um galladay is gonna be a touchdown guy he's got speed he's got height i just feel like um he's he, he could show to be um a little bit better than um than Marvin Jones, who I think is pretty good as well. So I like Galladay. You like him? Uh, one of the best pure athletes in this year's draft class. He's coming into a great situation, a team that always throws. He's stepping into that Anquan Bolden, uh, the Anquan Bolden Z position. And, I mean, I don't think he's going to be in line for those eight touchdowns. I think they might be a year away. One, one stat to, to note is – the Detroit Lions had eight fourth quarter comebacks last year, the most in NFL history. So they, if they play better this year, like many people expect them to, they might be in, in more of a running situation than a passing situation. Galladay is a great athlete. I think he 
might be better off. You might be better off waiting till next year on him. But in any form of keeper or dynasty league, he's a definite like go out and get him. He he's he went in the seventh round of my dynasty startup. I picked Golden Tate with the next pick. So that's how highly people are thinking of him in like in the long term situation. Yep. And remember, he was a high draft pick for the Lions out of Northern Illinois. So he, he I think he's a third rounder. So um, this guy's legit. Let's go on to the next deep sleeper, Josh Doxson. I think uh, I'll let you talk about him, but he's wide receiver 61. I kind of feel like he's a year away as well. Um, I think Josh Doxson for next year could be awesome. I think it's going to be a little bit crowded for him, even though he looks pretty sweet in the red zone with that body. Yeah, I mean, Josh Doxson, he was uh, with the 24th overall pick, so he was a very, very highly touted pick last year. Um, he's coming into a situation with a very potent offense. You could see him in line for – would it surprise you if he scores 10 touchdowns this year on, like, 40 catches? Um, I mean, I think they're going to – like I said, I think that Kirk Cousins could very well lead the league in touchdowns. So it would surprise me, but um, it doesn't mean it's out of the question. I mean, he, it could, he could be one of those guys. I, it would be more, a little bit less than that, but yeah, I, it could happen. He's a, he's a high, high upside play at wide receiver 61. I, I just think that's definitely worth a late round stash. Cool. Let's move on to Cooper cup, uh, the company. And I just mentioned him for Waz, uh, but the guy, it does seem like he's got a good get, gig going with golf. Uh, looks like he's just going to be a target machine. Doesn't drop the ball. Seems uh, seems ready to be a pro. Just seems like this guy could, um, in his rookie season, uh, just get going right away. Uh, I don't know. I don't got much to say. Again, there's a lot of rookies we're talking about. You don't want to end up with too many of these guys. There's obviously a cap you got to put on the Los Angeles Rams and the amount of touchdowns they're going to score. But you got to be liking what McVay has done in the past. And like with last year on the the Redskins and the fact that um, they already look this preseason uh, light, light night and day over what they looked like um, from being able to be creative on the offensive end from what they were doing last year under the, the, the mustache. Yeah. And he gets a huge boost from Sammy Watkins coming in and taping, taking the top off that defense because Cooper Cup is a good receiver, but he's not really that fast here in a 4-6. So having the top off the offense or off the defense with Sammy Watkins, that really, really helps him. This is another one of these guys. All of these rookies and second-year second year guys, they all are more likely to be a year away, though. But he is worth the, the late-round flyer. We, we really like all of these late-round flyer guys. So we don't think you can really go wrong with many of them. But he's one of these guys that we're highlighting. Cool. Yeah. He's a big boy though. You know, he's bigger than you think. So yeah, he ran a bad time, but uh, he's kind of more of that possession receiver, which again, I think Goff is going to, going to check it down Charlie style a little bit more. Uh, Kevin White, uh, wide receiver 65 heartbeat. I like him too. I think hopefully he can put it all together and, and, and make it happen. Tell me what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, again, these late round guys, we're, we're in the 60s for wide receivers. So we're not saying these guys are sure things anymore. These are, these are flyers. We probably have a 40% chance of these guys actually hitting. But this guy was drafted with the seventh overall pick, which, I mean, it's not looking like the seventh overall pick is that great lately with uh, Mike Williams getting hurt. Uh, what was that name? Jonathan Cooper was that guard who was the disappointing guy. So that seventh, round, seventh overall pick might be kind of a, uh, a Bermuda, Bermuda triangle. 
But Kevin White, he's got all of the intangibles. He's got the speed size scores. I mean, it's just a matter of putting it together. Like, they did target him when he was healthy. We just need him to be healthy. If he's healthy, he's definitely worth that flyer. Cool. And I love uh, the upside of him with Mitch Trubisky as, a po- as opposed to Glennon. I'm hoping that Mitch just gets the starting job week one. I think management wants it. I think the coaching staff wants it. It, it, it helps keep them around a little bit because all the all the naysaying and uh, people the head turning and head scratching and, and kind of just a hate on the Bears. I, I still don't think they needed to make those trades, but they want to prove this guy's right. And I think if Kevin White, who's had his issues, aren't like MCL, AC, They've been broken. He's broken his leg two times. So um, I hopefully that doesn't happen again. But if uh, even in the in the small uh, window of what we saw last year, he looked pretty good on the field to me, to be honest. So hopefully he can pull it together. And uh, at wide receiver sixty five, you're basically taking one of your last picks um, on on the flyer. And, you know, just to give you a sense of where that is um, overall, I'll give you a sense. So he's wide receiver 65. That is the 189th pick. So if you're in a 10-man, 16-team league, he's undrafted. I'm in much bigger leagues where we draft like 24 rounds. Um, so he's the kind of guy. But just, again, the, the talent's there. The draft capital's there. And it's still the same um, front office that drafted him with the seventh uh, as drafted Mitch Trubisky. They want this to work out so they don't have mud on their face. So I like that call. Kenny Stills, wide receiver 67. Heartbeat, why are you liking Stills? I mean, when Jake Cutler was signed, when Ryan Tannehill went down, that really, really strongly impacts those, impacts those deep players and really hurts Jarvis Landry. Kenny Stills was super efficient. He had, um, it was, I believe it was nine touchdowns last year, and eight of them came on 20-yard passes or more. And those eight passes were out of 10 targets. So he caught nine of those 10 tar- targets. Eight of them went for touchdowns. I mean, he's a super efficient guy. They're bringing in a new offense. I mean, I don't think he has a very high floor at all because we say a lot of people think Devontae Parker is going to be this, this year's breakout player. I still can't jump on Devontae Parker yet because I haven't seen it. I, he didn't impress me in Louisville. So Kenny Stills is going to remain as their deep threat. And that wide receiver 67, that definitely has weekly value. Cool. Let's go to uh, Alfred Morris. That other running back that you mentioned uh, that was with RG3 uh, back in those years where uh, the rookie, two rookies together were able to light it up. Um, now he's with the Dallas Cowboys. He started out the season as being third on the depth chart, but with the Zeke Elliott's uh, suspension, he's now the running back two on the depth chart. And let's be honest, Run DNP is uh, his nickname for do not, did not play uh, for a reason. Um, six games, it's essentially 57% of the regular season. Elliott's out because those six games he's got, they've got the bye week in week six. So he's actually going to miss week seven as well. And I'm just feeling like, uh, Darren McFadden might not be as awesome as he was two years ago where he had uh, over a thousand yards could easily get banged up because that's been his MO over his career. And 
Alfred Morris is all right. And you're talking about the wide receiver 72. This for me is a great late round flyer. This is a player that Chris Harris on my podcast, when I interviewed him, I asked him, who's your favorite last pick of the draft? He brought this guy up and I'm, I've, I've kind of been, uh, you know, really it kind of opened my eyes. Like what if, if he's, if he's the running back one behind that offensive line, he's done it before he's had yards. I don't know how his favorability fell off so fast. Um, with Gruden and the Washington Redskins, he didn't do much last year. You know, he had 243 yards, but that's still with this amazing season that uh, that um, Elliott had last year. I mean, what if wide receiver 72? If you've got a deep bench, put that guy on it. And the minute the DNP fumbles a lot or gets injured, you got the running back one on the best offensive running back team in the league could pay off big de- dividends. Yeah, and the Cowboys have already come out and said they're more likely to use a running back by committee approach. So Darren McFadden going in the seventh round as a uh, – basically, his, he's, he's limited at six games. Those are the only games he will play because Zeke will be back. They will be in an, an RBBC most likely. And Alfred Morris is a better – his play style is a better fit for that system. He's that one-cut runner who kind of just – he makes a cut and heads upfield. So whereas Darren McFadden is more of a dancer, he's he's dancing less in his old age, but yeah, he's old. And then I looked at when looking at Darren McFadden for trying to find games where you could where you could use him in place of Zeke. They have a really really difficult opening to the schedule. First game against the Giants. They're a very good defense. The Broncos are week two. The Cardinals week three, the Rams week four, which they, although they're not a great team, they do have a great defense. The Packers in week five and the 49ers in week seven, because they have that week off. So for DMC, I really only would want to use him in two of those games. I think Alfred Morris could take those and going out, what were you saying? 72. I believe you said he was running back 72. Mm -hmm. If you get two usable games out of running back 72, that's a win. Right. Okay. Um, cool. Let's move on to the next guy. So funny during this, I had my phone away from me and obviously the buzzer's up, but now I just took a look at it and pulled it over as you were just talking there. I got a lot of people, friends and uh, customers that are in drafts right now and hit me up for questions like you there, you there, I'm, I'm, I'm drafting tonight. I need some help. So is the life of a fantasy football expert. Uh, I, mean, I get random calls, texts from this point from about a week or two ago through all the way through to the Super Bowl, whether it's people wanting to know who they should bet on, who they should pick up. Uh, my phone is, is uh, I'm, it's crazy how much people ask me for fantasy advice. Uh, pretty funny. I, I wish I, if I had, if I had could charge him for each of my little bits of advice, I'd be, uh, I'd, I'd have a nicer car. Um, <laughs> let's go to, uh, <clears throat> this is a Kobe Fleener is the last guy. And he's another one of Houdini's guys. And I, I like mean, him too. I like him too. Tight end 16, 159th, excuse me, overall. I'm not barfing there. I was coughing. I, I need water and uh, I, I drank all my water. So um, I like Kobe Fleener big time on, on tight end 16. Uh, I'm a guy that does take two tight ends. A lot of people don't. But again, like I said, I'm in, I'm in, I, I'm in bigger leagues that you have a lot of rounds. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I just think he can pull it together and be a better player. Uh, this year than he was last year. I just think if we've seen Ben Watson do it with with 
Breeze and we know what Jimmy Graham used to do and what Josh Hill was able to do. I just think as much of a bonehead and how easily hateable Kobe Fleener is, um, I just think he's a better tight end than a lot of those guys, obviously besides Jimmy. Um, and he's going, you know, in the 15th, 16th round in 10 team leagues. Um, I just, I feel like his upside's better than that. Yeah. Kobe Fleener is basically the definition of a post type sleeper. So, I mean, he, he could That's have he it there. 12. He finished at the position 12. I know there's an influx of a few rookies that could do it, but we know what rookie wide receivers do. I mean, he played 16 games. He had 82 targets. He made some boneheaded plays that cost him some yards and didn't look like he was lost out there a lot of the time. And he finished 12th. So I don't understand why uh, he, he shouldn't be able to outperform um, the tight end 16. I think he's a top 10 tight end, but not being drafted as so. Yeah, and it, it's really getting underplayed, the impact of Brandon Cooks leaving there. That's 117 extra targets to go around. So you, you look at Drew Brees, he's going to spread it around. So basically go ahead and add 25 targets to every wide receiver in that in that offense. Cool. All right, we got some chloroformers. I like the pace we're going at. Before we do these chloroformers, a.k.a. super deep sleepers, possibly with some um, clear uh, liquid on a rag, um, let's listen to this from our sponsors. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So these guys are super deep sleepers. Um, you know, again, if you're in a, if you're in a 10 man, 16, uh, round draft, these guys pretty much aren't, um, draft a bull, uh, but you know, keep them on your watch list. Um, you know, keep, keep an eye on them. If certain things happen, um, I, guarantee you i will say this i I guarantee you that a couple players on this list right here will something will happen whether it's injury or they just shine and and become a big part of their off their team's offenses a couple of players that we mentioned here will be putting up some nice fantasy seasons if that's 100 points it's 100 points but these guys considering they're undrafted these types of dudes are guys that get picked up and actually are startable in bigger leagues um, or, you know, in if certain teams that play a couple flex or have a, a shitload of starters in their uh, starting lineups. Um, I, I guarantee you a couple of these guys will, will put up some points for, for owners this year. Jalen Richard, running back 67. Uh, right now, what is he, the third on the depth chart for the Raiders? Or is, is he – yeah, he's third. So I think it goes, it goes Washington, it goes obviously McSkittles, Washington, and then Jalen Richards, um, Richard is the third running back on Oakland. Uh, Tell us about him. I mean, he was the most elusive running back in the league last year, based on PFF's elusivity stat. Um, (laughs) And one thing that I really liked is we think about David Johnson and how he just set the world on fire last year, scoring over 400 fantasy points as a running back. Well, what did David Johnson do his first two touches in the NFL? He took both of them for touchdowns. What did Jalen Richard do with his first touch in the NFL? He took it for a score. So when I look at him play, he looks basically, he's a, he's a small guy. He's like a five, nine, maybe 200 to 210 pounds. He looks basically like a, a Darren Sproles 2.0. He's the, he's the reincarnation of Darren Sproles. And if anything were to go were to happen to Marshawn, if he were to go down, or if he just decides he doesn't want to play anymore, because I remember a reporter asked 
Marshawn Lynch, did he miss football last year? And his answer was no. Just nope. Didn't really miss it. So I don't know if Marshawn's 100% there. He seems kind of like a publicity stunt because that, that team's going to Las Vegas and he's an Oakland kid. So it seems like they're really bringing him in for the fans. So he may not have that much of an actual football impact. I agree with but that. But Jalen Richard, he's, it's not, he's not going to get the backfield if Marshawn does go down. It's going to be a split. He's going to get 40 to 50% of it. But when he touches the ball, he's electric. Oh, I agree. That's a good point. Um, it does did feel like a publicity stunt. We're going to the we're going to L.A. I mean, uh, to Las Vegas, but we're not going to be there for a few years, and we need to sell your seats. So keep coming. Oh, wait, hold on. We got this guy that's from Oakland. That's one of the most um, you know, charismatic guys in the league, and has uh, now all of a sudden going to be back on our team. We've got the fan base riled up, even though it's kind of just smoke and mirrors that we're going to be gone in a matter of minutes. Uh, Tariq Cohen, running back 72. Uh, this is kind of a high pick, I think fourth or fifth round from the Bears. Um, real small guy. Isn't he out of Tulsa or something? But it's like a Darren Sproles guy. Pace came over from um, the New, New Orleans Saints uh, when Sproles was there and did, doing big damage. Uh, obviously likes that type of player and how defenses um, are going to have to worry about them, especially on third down. I mean, Tariq Cohen is going to get a lot of uh, targets on third down in this offense year one. Tell me about him. Yeah, well, let's start with Jordan Howard. He had an amazing rookie season, but Jordan Howard is not a great athlete. He's, he's kind of a guy, he's more of a plotter, and Jordan Howard is one of the worst pass catchers in the NFL. He had the most drops out of any running back last year. So they go out, they get Tariq Cohen. His nickname is the Human Joystick. Mm-hmm. So, like, he is very, very quick. And he showed it because Jordan Howard has been out these last couple weeks in preseason. And last, last week, Tariq Cohen just looked so electric on the Bears. He, he was going out. He had, like, it looked like every time he touched the ball, it was 10-plus yards. He should have that, that third down work. So he should be getting the ball out of the backfield. It's not going to be a huge role because Jordan Howard is a very good running back. He's not a great athlete, but he is a very good running back. So he does not have a huge upside without an injury. And we're, we're not in the business of predicting injuries. But Tariq Cohen could cement himself in as that, that satellite back which, as we've seen in the NFL, it's growing and growing in value, especially in fantasy. So he could be a guy that provides some electric weeks. And, I mean, all of these guys are basically undrafted, so you don't have to spend anything on any of these guys. Well, uh, Paul Richardson, wide receiver 74. I like this guy as well. Um, Tyler Lockett just doesn't seem like a wide receiver in the NFL to me. He seems like more of a returner. Um, and, you know, to go back to our uh, wide receiver, too, um, uh, in weeks where you're scoring enough points to be top 24 wide receiver last year, Paul Richardson in standard had three and in PPR had three. So, you know, this is a guy that had three weeks last year where he finished uh, top as, as a wide receiver, uh, too. Um, and you're getting him at this late. Um, 
I think there's just something that, that, that he's got upside. If every he's fast as hell, um, he, he's he's just a good player. He's actually was a, I think a second, maybe a third rounder out of Colorado. They went high on him a few years ago. He's a slight little body, but uh, he could easily be the wide receiver too on that team um, and and really outperform um, his ADP bigly. Yeah, they they did pick him before Tyler Lockett that year so they do like his talent he's flashed on plays he's shown some crazy catches including including a couple this preseason as well so the Seahawks don't have the offense that will support three different pass catchers and we know Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham are basically cemented into their top two pass catchers so Paul Richardson does not have week in week out value but in a best ball league if you can, if you don't have to set your lineup or you don't have to guess these big games, NFL Paul fan. Richardson is electric. So, I mean, these are these are the type of guys that I get. He just when he plays, he reminds me of a cat. To be honest, like he seems to be able to go up and then just like completely one eighty change his body direction in midair, react to the ball. He just has really good ball skills. He's really really quick. He could have, I think, he could have four or five usable weeks this week this year. I don't know what it reminds me of a little bit. Um, he's faster, but and I think Tony Martin was a better player. But Tony Martin, the guy, he, he might be he might be too young for this because I'm an old fart. But uh, Tony Martin was on San Diego Chargers, and he was like this really skinny, slight guy. And you're like, God, that guy's in the NFL. But kind of like you said, very cat like, and was always you know he's always be making big plays. So um, let's move on. Tyler Boyd, second year, he's with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, obviously it's the guy that broke all Larry Fitzgerald's records at Pitt, uh, going as wide receiver 87. Um, there is one issue now. I would have hoped to, that Boyd would be higher on the depth chart. They seem to like LaFell and he seems to be their wide receiver too right now, even over a John Ross. Uh, I think that changes a little bit, but when you're getting a wide receiver 87, obviously there's a, um, you're not risking too much. Yeah, John Ross is more than likely going to have injury issues all this year. That's what that's what seems to happen. He got injured right after running that 40. And although John Ross is one of the most electric players now, with, just when he got drafted, he's one of the most electric players in the NFL. Tyler Boyd was also a second-round pick, so they, they invested in him highly. Brandon LaFell has got to be the most frustrating player in the NFL <laughs> because there are so many people that we just want to throw in there because Brandon LaFell is – probably the biggest jag in, in the NFL, and that's just a guy. So Tyler Boyd, he should be able to beat out Brandon LaFell just athletically. LaFell might know the offense, or he, he might have naked pictures of Dalton or something. I don't, I don't know how he's still on the team. But Tyler Boyd, he, was, he has that high draft capital. He's going undrafted, and he was very, very productive in college. We could see that translating to the pros. The Bengals are going to be a good pass offense. Again, he's free, so he's he's one of those guys that we find is worth one of those those flyers. I agree. Sorry if it's a little loud in the background. I think somebody's having a party in my hallway, and it seems like a big crew of people just showed up. But I'll move on. Chris Conley, wide receiver, eighty nine. This is a guy I like. Uh, he hasn't done shit in his career so far, really. Uh, had forty four catches last year, but I really do think um, he's got the talent uh, and just an unbelievable, uh, you know, kind of underwear Olympics. Uh, style guy. Um, and I think he's one of the reasons why um, they got rid of Macklin. 
Uh, I think Conley, it's this year. You know, they kind of gave him a couple of years to figure out the NFL game. Hasn't done all that much. But I like what I see um, in, in, with Alex Smith taking a little more chances. What has he got to lose? He knows he's essentially there for this year. I don't think he's going to be as much of a game manager. I think he's going to let it, let it rip a little more. And then if, if by chance Alex Smith gets hurt, I loved what I saw out of Mahomes in that pr- last preseason game. He looks a bit further along than I would have expected. Obviously, he's playing against uh, second and third stringers in last night's game, but uh, he's going to live up to the billing. That guy can just – chuck the ball so I like Chris Conley you know it's not a great offense for passing uh and touchdowns and scoring uh an Alex Smith offense isn't and as we said an Andy Reid offense from the running side of things is so you know there's a reason why Chris Conley is uh sitting here at wide receiver 89 but there's something that tells me he's going to have a couple big games. Again, best ball, MFL 10s. I could see him having two real big explosion games, and he's going to throw a lot of thuds at you. So Chris Conley, keep an eye on him. He's another guy out of Auburn, uh, a guy that's just got that Martavis Bryant, um, uh, Watkins, all these guys. They're just sick, sick athletes. Uh, Chris Conley's in that mold. Uh, hopefully he can make the jump. Uh, I think I think he can. Robert Woods, wide receiver, 90. Uh, heartbeat. Why do you like uh, Woods? I actually have a couple things to say about Chris Conley because okay. he's one of my guys as well. So if you look at him physically, 6'2", 213. He runs a faster 40 than Odell Beckham Jr. He ran a 4'3", 97th percentile. His speed score when you adjust for his size was 120. That's the 97th percentile. His burst score, 146. The best in the NFL. And his catch radius is... 10.5 yards. So if you throw the ball he, to, to him, he can catch it. The question is, will Alex Smith throw him the ball? And Andy Reid has come out and said, he is, Chris Conley is that X receiver. And one thing that I really worry about, Tyreek Hill dropped five passes in their game yesterday, and that's only playing in, at most a half. So if those drops continue, Chris Conley is going to become their wide receiver one with Travis Kelsey getting the majority of those targets, but he could be a wide receiver one on a team. Yeah. He's free. Cool. Free. Uh, And I think he's actually six, three. He's, he's, he's six, three, 205 pounds. He's a big guy, but yeah, God, I didn't realize he ran it faster than uh, Odell Beckham. He's a big boy. Uh, Got a lot of upsides. The talent's there. Let's see if he can make it happen. Let's cruise through these last guys. I think I just heard my dog scratch at the door. She's hungry and probably has to pee. Um, as usual, we go. We get long-winded here. We're running probably a little bit short, a little short of three hours. Uh, wouldn't be a pyro podcast if we didn't do that. Let's move on to uh, Robert Woods. Um, and then uh, I'm going to let you go with Robert Woods uh, here for a minute. Uh, and I'm going to let my dog out here for a second. All right. I'm going to mute. So go, go for Robert Woods. And if you want to talk about uh, any of these other guys, and then we'll shut this party down. Yeah. So Robert Woods was a standout at USC. He goes to the Buffalo bills, which is not a very good passing offense in there. He does pretty well in lieu of Sammy Watkins, but it seems that these two guys are tied at the hip because Robert Woods goes to Los Angeles. Sammy Watkins gets traded to Los Angeles He has limited upside with Sammy Watkins there, but he was for a while their wide receiver one. It looks like from what I've seen, Cooper Cup is the intermediate route runner, and Robert Woods is going to be more of that check down guy. Because I'm not sold on Jared Goff, I think he will be trying to check down a lot to 
to Robert Woods. Robert Woods was a UCLA guy, so he's going back home. He's playing this year in the Coliseum, and I believe that he could be in line for a couple big games. Again, this isn't a guy that you're going to want to draft. Just keep him on your radar. If something happens to Sammy Watkins, he should be the first guy you go out and get. He's a really good talent. He's just been really, really handcuffed in the NFL based on his situation. He's a great player. There's not really much more to say about him. He's a wide receiver 90. He's not going in most leagues, except for the super deep ones. He's a, he's a 25-year-old wide receiver, so he still has room for improvement. He still has room to develop. And that's really all I'm going to go into with Robert Woods. Instead, I'm going to take a, I'm going to pivot over to my next guy, which is Taewon Taylor, who was another rookie uh, wide receiver down in Tennessee. So Taewon Taylor, he was very, very impressive in college. He caught anything that was thrown at him. And he's one of these guys that I've seen in these preseason games and I really moved him up. I was not that high on him until what I saw him do. And he's one of those guys that his metrics don't go off the chart at all. But he is one of those guys that always seems to get open. He seems to have just that knack to find these holes in the defense and to be able to hit them. And Marcus Mariota, who is one of these uber-efficient players, he loves those targets. Taylor Taylor is likely to be a year away with all those those guys in there, they got the Decker, they got Richard Matthews from last year. They brought in Corey Davis, who is definitely ahead of him in the pecking order. They have a John U. Smith who they're molding at tight end. But Taylor Taylor is definitely a guy to go look out in your rookie or your dynasty drafts because he will make an impact down the road. Marcus Mariota is very young. He's like 26 years old now. He's not going anywhere. Him Corey Davis, John U. Smith, and Marcus Mariota are going to be the core of that offense along with Derrick Henry once those older guys kind of see the end of the light. And, I mean, so Robert Woods is a great get. Taewon Taylor doesn't have an ADP. He's not being drafted. He shouldn't be drafted this year. But he is a great potential guy down the road and in your rookie drafts. So, uh, D-Rex, it sounds like you're just getting back. I went through Robert Woods kind of talking about how he's – Goff's checkdown guy, and I also covered Taewon Taylor, just saying he's one of these guys that always finds himself open, and he should be a great pick for one, two, three years down the road in Tennessee. Cool. We got three more guys. Sorry if you hear my dog eating the back, background, but so it goes. Uh, I got Josh Gordon. We talked about him. I just think if he gets reinstated, uh, you know, I'm in these deeper leagues. He's going as wide receiver 97. This is a guy that finished wide receiver uh, one uh, three years ago hasn't played in the last two years still kind of young unbelievable skill set um, I think if he gets reinstated which I'm hoping on but if, if he doesn't then he's your first drop I'd rather have him on my team on a long bench and have him be my first drop than have him be reinstated uh, and then I, I'm you got to wait in the waiver wire line uh, so I don't know I think he's hungry to make some noise and if he got traded off of uh, the Browns to a, a team that really needed his his goods and he can keep his nose clean, then uh, just could be one of those things that pays off. Next one is running back 93, Matt Jones. That was my big, terrible call from last year. I, I, I thought he was going to be a, a great player, and I think he just had that fumbling issue, as we talked about when we were covering Fat Rob and uh, P. Ryan. Um, I think if Matt Jones can get dropped or get you know picked up by the right team, 
Um, there's something there for him. Uh, I just don't think his career is over as a young guy. I think what this is his third year in the league um, this year. So he's a long shot, but running back 93. Uh, the, again, these guys are pretty much in most ra- drafts you're doing aren't draftable, but another guy to put on your target list. Uh, and he, the buzz with him has been uh, real. And the Ravens basically is this uh, Taquan Mizell undrafted running back he came comes out of virginia uh this guy would just did some they call him smoke uh basically he's a returner guy so he could get some returning points uh he's basically playing behind uh woodhead as their kind of third down back i mean let's be honest woodhead is always injured i think the guys played like some a shockingly few number of uh games over the last two years considering how high he gets drafted always love woodhead he's one of my uh, i just think he's a great great guy a great story but he just can't stay healthy um taquan mizell keep an eye on him uh running back undrafted out of um on the ravens uh, just put him on your your list and uh if you know we talked earlier with west he's just a guy um you know this guy mizell smaller dude more of a third down back but he he, he did it uh, for virginia so wow we just went through a lot of guys dude that was fuck that was uh fun as hell always a, a blast to talk fantasy football with your heartbeat um i think both of us are pretty excited to Hang up this call. I'm not going to actually edit it until tomorrow morning. I'm going to go out and grab some dinner and start drinking and get myself prepped up for this uh, Mayweather fight that starts in a couple hours, uh, two and a half hours or so. Um, got anything last you want to say? I, I, you know, before, well, hold on, before I hand it over to you, I'll just say appreciate all you've been doing for Pyro. Um, you've been just such a badass um, since you've come on. Uh, that Pyro Pulse podcast is awesome um, in the short a month and a half or so since your first one uh you're already on episode um, number 12 i think you're recording 13 either tomorrow or on monday and pk ripper's coming on and you've already had an interview with mike clay and and jj zachariason and just pretty incredible so just the way you've been able to kind of come on and really help make uh my plate easier and manage people and getting all that stuff done uh, i really really appreciate it brother yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, I want to be doing this. This is what I do in my free time, regardless of what I'm, what, like, if, I, even if I wasn't with Pyromaniac, I would be going through all this fantasy stuff. So it's, a, it's one of my, like, really true loves being a, a 26, 27 year old white boy, 160 pounds who can't play football. I'm going to sit back and analyze football. That being said, if you have not checked out the Pyropulse podcast, what we do over there is if you're not tired of my voice yet, <laughs> you can go check out the Pirate Post because we're doing episodes that are usually going to be around a half hour. So what we said is D-Rex came on the first episode. This is the uh, the Sativa Indica blend of Pyromaniac, and mine is the cocaine version. So we're really going the, the quick hitters, and we're deferring to player rankings for this show. So we're going over more strategy. And then I also want to take this time to do a quick plug that's outside Pyro. So in my free time or not really my free time, my real job, my 40-hour-a-week job, I work at Beachbody, which is the P90X company, also the Shakeology company. Um, Yes, it's the company that led you down last year with Eddie Lacey. Um, But one thing that I noticed is out on the West Coast, Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays, it's really tough to get get to the gym. I'm I'm a gym rat. I'm always at the gym. 
but it's something that's really tough. Beachbody is offering a 30-day trial. And what Beachbody does is they have those all those DVDs for the Get In Health DVDs. It's a it's a complete body revolution. So before Insanity. this season starts, what's that? Insanity, right? Yeah, Insanity as well. There's tons of programs. I don't even know all the programs that they have. Um, but there's a free trial for a month. So like me, when you're getting home and getting ready for football and you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to deal with traffic, it's a definitely an option that you should go check out. I'll tweet out a link to the free trial. So it's something that you guys can do while you're still getting all of the fantasy football you need. Love it. And if you guys on Twitter, if you're not following the heartbeat is at pyro underscore heartbeat, that heartbeat is spelled H A R T B E A T. Uh, so at P-Y-R-O underscore H-A-R-T-B-E-A-T. You do a great job on Twitter as well. So awesome to have you, man. We went just under three hours, covered a shite load of guys. This is awesome. Um, Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Uh, Let me know when you want me back on your Pyro Pulse. Uh, Pretty awesome. I think with this show, this will be, which is incredible, and the month's not even over, I think this will be our 17th podcast between the pyro podcast fantasy football fire and the pyro pulse podcast this will be our 17th podcast of august so high five across to you let's go mcgregor i know you're trying to go you're, you want your mayweather i'm an irishman it's just i gotta i gotta reach for uh, i gotta reach for my uh, the man from my motherland uh and i i just i just hate defensive uh i hate the fencing style of point getting mm-hmm. and defensiveness that mayweather does so i'm hoping that uh, uh mcgregor's on the attack and regardless i just want these guys to be fighting they both seem to hate each other's guts um you know the last the, the pacquiao fight was a total letdown for whatever reason people seem to get scared in the ring with mayweather and don't attack him uh so hopefully mcgregor isn't playing that game and uh High fives to you. Much love, uh, Heartbeat. Keep it up. Um, I'll put the show up um, tomorrow morning and um, enjoy. Yeah, and one last thing is feel free to reach out to us on Twitter if you have any draft questions. I know my 250 followers won't be upset if I, uh, if I have a couple more because I still have time to get back to everyone on that. And we're, we're going to be around this weekend. So if you have any draft-related questions, feel free to reach out on us. Awesome coming on. I always love coming on the show, D-Rex. And uh, good luck with your uh, your Conor McGregor betting. Good luck for you too, man. Have a great one. Much love. And to the audience, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Covered a lot of different guys. Uh, that was overperformers, sleepers, deep sleepers, chloroformers, and busts. Pyro, out. <laughs>